Hey, ladies and gentlemen, what the fuck is going on? I got a bunch of new comedy dates that are going to be announced. Well, I announced them today. Um, I am headed to Austin, Texas in January 25th, uh, Houston on the 26th. Durham, North Carolina on the 27th, February 15th, Bakersfield, California, giving you some love, Bakersfield, Fresno on the 16th, Santa Barbara on the 17th, and then March on the 15th, I'm in New Orleans, I haven't been in New Orleans in forever, March 16th, Miami, and then March 17th, Orlando, this is not the end, this is just the last dates before I film my next Netflix special. Then, um, excuse me, in April, May, and June, I'm going to roll out a bunch of other ones. <clears throat> so a lot of places like Chicago and Toronto uh, that are not on the list that I said they were, I'm going to do, I'm still doing them. It's hard to book these things um, in that most theaters and places that I book, they're booked uh, way, way in advance. So uh, it's, it's just hard to go to the places that you want to go, uh, especially the larger venues. So I'm doing my best, but uh, that's all going to be tomorrow, uh, which is Wednesday, November the 15th. That's when everything goes live. That's when uh, all of these these dates uh, go on sale, pre-sale. I don't know what the difference between pre-sale and sale is. I don't get it. I don't understand it. <sighs> I don't think there's a code either. I don't know if there's a code. They haven't told me yet, but I'll, I'm going to announce everything tomorrow. I'll tweet it, I'll put it up on Facebook, and I'll put the code up, uh, but these things go quick. So that's tomorrow. JoeRogan.net forward slash tour for all that stuff. <clears throat> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. You don't have to go to the post office. You don't. You might think you do, but you don't. All you need to do is go to Stamps.com. The U.S. Postal Service, ladies and gentlemen, allows you to buy and print official U.S. postage for letters or packages at your convenience 24-7 with Stamps.com. You can print postage for any class of mail right from your own computer. The exact amount of postage every time. Never underpay or overpay again. Stamps.com saves you time and money, which allows you to grow your business. It's convenient, it's easy, it's reliable, and it's efficient, and you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. It's very easy. Stamps.com, what they do is they send you a digital scale, which automatically calculates the exact postage. Stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail, <clears throat> excuse me, how to swallow, based on your needs. Um, so you can get, literally, you can send anything through the mail, any package, any, any class. You don't need to lease an expensive postage meter. A lot of people who send things through the mail all the time, they get one of those postage meters. You don't have to do that. And there's also no long-term commitments. It is super easy to use, and I have a bunch of friends who use it. Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky, they use it. Bill Burr uses it. Um, Brian Redband uses it to send his stuff through DeskSquad.tv. Stamps.com. And now you can enjoy Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. They send you the digital scale, which automatically calculates the exact postage. You print that postage with a regular computer and a regular printer. You put that 
on the package and you hand it to the mail person or drop it in the mailbox and you're fucking done. No lines, no bullshit. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in J-R-E. That's stamps.com and enter J-R-E. And never go to the post office again. We're also brought to you by LegalZoom. LegalZoom is a fantastic service that allows you to take care of a lot of legal shit without actually going to a law firm. You don't have to park your car or take the bus or ride a train or whatever the fuck you do. You don't have to make an appointment. You don't have to pay. This is a big one. You don't have to pay exorbitant hourly legal fees because LegalZoom is not a law firm. Instead, you get the advice you need to to answer any business questions or any kind of legal questions at fixed rates through LegalZoom's nationwide network of independent attorneys. So you can take some pressure off yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you can form an LLC. You can establish a last will or a living trust. You can form a corporation. You can do a ton of shit. LegalZoom can help simplify your life. Yeah. And they've helped more than 2 million business owners easily and affordably navigate the legal system with confidence. And the best part, again, you never have to worry about attorney billing hours. Fixed rates, folks. That's what's up. So take some pressure off yourself. Go to LegalZoom.com now to take care of your business before the year winds down. And for special savings, be sure to enter the code word ROGAN in the referral box at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com. Use the code word Rogan. Okay, okay. And we're also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace, which is the answer to the question, I need a website, what do I do? A lot of people didn't know what to do until Squarespace came along. Squarespace has made it super fucking convenient. And it's an awesome platform to build websites. If you know how to use a computer, like doing regular shit, you can make an awesome website with Squarespace. I am telling you, it's fucking simple. Drag and drop, easy to use user interface. No nonsense, no bullshit. So simple. If you can attach a photograph to an email, if you can move files around on your computer, you can use Squarespace and you can make a killer professional website. They have beautiful designer templates and a, a ton of different looks. You also have access to Getty Images for just 10 bucks an image. Images which would cost you hundreds if not thousands of dollars to license otherwise. It's an amazing service. And you can try it for free. That's how fucking badass Squarespace is. They'll let you build a website for free. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, just use the offer code Joe to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Each website comes with a free online store, and you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Your website will look amazing on every single platform, Windows, Mac. You can, it'll look great on an Android phone, on an Apple phone. It is a fucking phenomenal way to showcase your work to blog or publish content. You can sell products and services of any kind. Squarespace is your solution. 24-7 award-winning customer support and nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Make it yourself, goddammit. You can do it. Make it stand out. Make a beautiful website with Squarespace. Again, go to squarespace.com 
for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Joe to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. <gasps> yes, we did it. My guest today is uh, young Eliza Schlesinger. She has a new book out. It's called Girl Logic. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation. I know her very well from uh, the comedy store and from the comedy scene. And um, we had a great talk. So I hope you enjoy it. Please give it up for Eliza. Joe Rogan Podcast. Check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day. Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. So, tell me about your book. Well, it's about <laughs> feminism. I just want women to feel good. Uh, I got it here. Um, girl logic. It, what is the difference between girl? Oh, the genius and the absurdity. What's the difference between girl logic and boy logic? Or do you know? Because I don't know. I can't tell you exactly the way men think. Because I think if I did that, it'd be like, slow your roll. But the, this book is about me sort of noticing that women are always called crazy, psycho, psychopath, psycho bitch, you know, like, oh, she's insane. We always right. write off women as crazy. And women are expected to be so many things to so many people at once. And it's these expectations that sort of we have to take into account all of this. And we try to be so many things at once. And we have to take in so much stimuli to process all this. So our logic is sort of, it's sort of this like circumlocutious way of thinking that seems insane. Whoa, slow that word down. What was that? Circumlocutious? Sort of, sort of like, you know, like going around in circles, right? How does that work? Say it again. Circumlocutious. Ooh, big word. Whatever. I like that. I mean, I've never heard that before. So it's like, um, I'd never heard of the mad cow thing you were telling me oh. earlier. And I was like, oh my God, are we on? I, I was, as you were talking about it, I was like, oh, please don't make me look stupid. I don't know about elk having crazy brains. But I just, uh, the base, the boilerplate example is, you know, you say to a girl, what do you want to eat? Right. And that's always an argument. It's like this common trope, like my wife could never figure it out. But it has less to do with women wanting to be difficult and more the pressure on just that one decision. If I say pizza, am I doing a diet? Do I have to be in a bathing suit later? Did I go to the gym already? Am I expected to be thin in this society? And we take all of this into account for every micro decision. And it's all about processing how we don't let everyone, including ourselves, down and all the thought that goes into it. Well, th now this is you specifically. Like, obviously, you're not speaking for all women. I am. But are you? <laughs> I actually <laughs> you am. You got the title. Uh, I got the rights to it. I pulled 10 women. They were like, it's cool. That's all it's you need. It's sort of just honoring the fact that we get painted with these broad brushstrokes and there's so many and there's just so much that goes into the littlest things because we have to take into account how other people feel. So it's easy to say, oh, just be yourself. But when you're a woman, other people's perceptions of you can have detrimental effects on your future, on your safety, on your health. She seems slutty, so she deserved it. She seems like a bitch. I don't want to give her a chance, you know? So our perception versus the way that we are, we're, we're constantly wrestling with these two sort of realities. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've often wondered, like, if you could... Like, I believe that one day they're going to be able to, you know, today we have transgender people, right? We have people who decide to have operations, mm -hmm. decide to take hormones. But I think one day they're, they're going to be able to literally turn a person into a woman. With like a shot. Yeah, well, not with some sort of treatment. I just feel like 
it sounds crazy to say today, people say, no, you can't change your chromosomes. Well, today you can't change your chromosomes. But 200 years ago, the idea of sending a video to someone in Australia would be right. ridiculous, right? Right. So like what we've been able to do just over a short period of time relatively is pretty staggering. And if you, you look at like what they're doing with CRISPR, do you know what CRISPR is? Mm-hmm. It's gene editing tools that they keep evolving. They've, they've gotten them to the point where they're starting to work on human embryos, non-viable human embryos, and they're they're changing the expressions of certain genes, change genes, like uh, stopping genes for certain diseases. And there's you all right? Yeah, I don't like this chair. <laughs> I knew it was an expensive it, it fancy goes, chair, but it, it's weird. it can drop if you want to. No, you, just, you can I like make to have it my lower. legs close to my heart. Oh, okay, hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is that. They're going to be able to like make designer people. Sure. Right. So this, this is less. This is you know you're a woman obviously with your by genetics and your genitalia, but this book is all about the experiences, and this is more mm-hmm. societal based. This is less about what you're born as. That was that's what I was going to say. I was yeah. like, I was saying if if you could like I I've wondered like if that was a possibility if they could reverse it would I want to be a woman for like a week? Yeah, for a week. But just I mean, to see. Just to see. Just to play with yourself. I mean, <laughs> just to right? stick stuff up there. But I think that, like, um, we, don't, we don't know about it. The, the closest you come to understanding uh, a man or a woman, if you're a man or if you're the opposite sex, I think is living with one. Sure. Or, or having one. Yeah, having one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one for me was having daughters and just get, get, seeing how they – just interact sure. from the time they're one until, you know, they're older. It's Some of it's biology. Yeah. You know, this whole, you know, when you and I have talked about, or no, it was someone else, but still the sort of um, w- women excluding other women. So this goes back to when we were hunters and gatherers. If you didn't want someone to live, you'd turn your back on them and you wouldn't mm. share information and then you and your offspring will die, right? Um, so some, and you see this in little girls, like they're mean. They're mean to each other. Yeah. And as you get older, you know, you're taking in all of this stimuli from society, all the messages, and we have to process these things. And then eventually you get old enough, you're like, fuck it, I'm going to do it my own way. But there's still expectations placed, and a lot of them are conflicting, like polar opposites. Like you have to be sexy, but also demure, outgoing, but don't be too pushy. And too pushy or outgoing, they're relative depending on who's in your path. So... And women have to take these things into account because we got to do everything second. We didn't create professional sports or corporations. We're late to the game for everything. So it's a man's world and you do have to take into account those rules and it sucks. But these are all the things that we have to factor in when we're making decisions. And there's always going to be a certain amount of resentment if someone tries to do it a woman's way rather than a man's way. You need a tissue? It's, it's never going to stop running. But. Are you, uh, you have allergies? I don't know. My nose mm. just always runs a little bit. Hmm, too co- coke much? I hate I hate when people do mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much. But I mean, you, yep. Your nose is so little. I don't know how you get coke up there. You have coke rocks <laughs> that would get stuck in your nose holes. They're still stuck up there. <laughs> That's what keeps it. But, like I've wondered. Like I've a, I don't work. Right. I don't have a job, a real job. And I haven't had one in a long, long time. So the idea of like having a boss Mm -hmm. is alien to me. And having a female boss is even more alien to me. Sure. So I was um, talking to someone who has a woman boss. And um, we we were saying that there's an interesting thing that happens where a woman can do the exact same thing. And she's a bitch. Whereas if the guy does it, he's stern. Or he's a hard ass. Or that's, it's it's all this. It's a, you know, as women age, they're gross and men are austere or they're regal yeah. or they're sexy, you know, and, right. and that's, those are kind of basic examples, you know, um, 
And I think we're moving away from that. It's more nuanced things. I, like you, really can't identify with workplace issues. I talked to some friends of mine and they're like, I hate that I have to dumb things down or people explain. And in my domain, like I work very hard to be the one in charge. And men don't speak to me that way because they're opening for me. Right, right, right. There's just, I don't have that hierarchy. So, Or they're the manager of the club. Or and you got to pay yeah. me anyway. <laughs> so, um, but it doesn't mean that I don't have a sort of sympathy for that and that I don't understand what it feels like to be discounted. When was the last time you had a job job? Oh my God, a job job. Uh, a job job was probably 2005, so that's six. relatively recently. Yeah. I mean, 12 years, 15 years ago. Yeah, and I wasn't mentally present that much for it and it was kind of relaxed you know but and also it wasn't like uh, i wasn't trying to get ahead at that job mm. so 2006 so that being 11 years ago that's maybe like seven. you're like a base maybe seven years ago maybe maybe whatever. 2007 seven whatever. okay so 10 years ago 11 years, whatever it yeah is, yeah that you're like a different human right mm-hmm. you're so like do you remember it very well like what was the job i was the last job i had i was an assistant in the marketing department of a large company that uh, dealt with like blackjack. It was like a blackjack. It was like a new kind of blackjack. Oh, interesting. And so, but this like nice Jewish guy hired me and I was just there to answer the phone if anyone ever called, make some press kits. Like it was monkey work. And you were obviously doing stand-up. I was doing stand-up at night and I would like spend the days sort of like soliciting people if I could get a spot on their show, making flyers. Uh. Like I just use it as my own office. <laughs> And I didn't have to, also the environment, like I could wear pajamas to work. Like no one ever came to our office. Right, um, so it's barely, barely a regular job. Yeah, there's definitely, I was like, I'm in the workforce now. Yeah, it's I happening. think that regular jobs, it, there's, there's obviously a huge problem with the dy- dynamic that men and women have in regular jobs, but there's a problem with men and men in regular jobs. Like, pe- I don't think that it's normal for people to be working on top of each other, Mm-mm. doing something they don't want to do no. for long stretches of time. I think. It's very difficult to be yourself. You have all these restrictions on your language and the way you're allowed to communicate with each other. And then you're obviously doing something all day that you would rather not be doing. So I have two thoughts on that. One, it's interesting because we have this corporate structure, which is really designed to minimize suing and to minimize issues. Uh, But since humans aren't meant to be put in these boxes, I think it perhaps creates more problems. We're too confined. But it's interesting. I open a lot of my snaps. Uh, on Snapchat, and you'll always get ones that are like, oh, 449, can't wait for this day to be over. Hate work, don't want to go into work. It's yeah. all about hating your job, which I don't understand because I, I love my job and I work very hard to have a job that I enjoy. But I don't know if everybody, I talk in my book about you know your passion and finding it and whenever you can find it. Not everybody's meant for greatness. Not everybody's meant to be happy. And some people are dumb. And I, you know, this sounds terrible, like I'm designing some master plan, but some people need to just go and do the shitty job. You're not contributing. You shouldn't. You so? <laughs> not everybody is meant. Like, just go. This is like some Hitler eugenics shit you're pushing make, here. Make my fucking phone. Oh, Be quiet. no. Because if you think about the majority of people you talk to, like, some people are not bright. And no, you don't have the mental wherewithal to carve out your own happiness. So, so. do you feel like that that's a genetic thing? Or know. is that an environmental thing? I don't know. I think either. it's a religious thing. No, I don't know. I don't know. It just takes all kinds, right? It does take all kinds, but I always wonder, like, is it what they've experienced in their life? Is it the family environment that they grew up in? Is it just their straight, raw genetics? Some people are just dumb. I know, I don't but know what if it's nature that? versus Can nurture. Can you fix that? Well, I will tell you this. Um, I do think it's more nurture than anything because I go and I read to kids at, um, at this elementary school 
and they're all Latino. They all speak Spanish. Every, there's not a blonde kid in the group. And I think it's very easy to write off minorities. You know, they don't speak English. Their parents don't speak English, whatever. And the kids are so fucking smart. And, like, they're, like, four years old. And they're reading and they're guessing things and they speak two languages. Mm. And you get chills because you're like, I don't know if you're going to have the opportunities I had. And that kills me because I can see that you're smart. Yeah. And you, you want to, like, take one, which is illegal, and, like, put them <laughs> in a good school. But... I mean, that's just the way of the world, I suppose. I think it's diet, too. I think diet is a huge part of it. It yeah. plays a huge part in the way a, a child's mind and body develops. I, was, I read this article. I want to say it was in The Atlantic, but it was about sort of the language surrounding and propaganda surrounding clean eating and how that term shames yeah. people who are poor because it, you're suggesting that their food is dirty, which it is to an extent. But how clean really eating is just for rich people. Who? That's a silly way of describing it. No, it's not. That's not what it means. It means a lack of preservatives. Right. And bullshit. But right. That's and that's th- all in. And Twinkies are affordable. Right. And they're filled with garbage. Yeah. But lettuce is affordable, too. I mean, it's not expensive to eat clean. No. In, in terms of, I mean, it's expensive if you want to go to Whole Foods. But well, you have to define, I mean, clean to everyone is different. Right. You know, it's a, it's a weird term. It is. And this is just one interesting. It was yeah. just one take on it. I don't know if I totally agree with it. But like I did the I started doing the ketogenic diet and my father isn't doing it, but he takes these exo ketogens, I guess. And he's like, my mind is sharp. I'm focused. And I think there was a bit of a power suggestion, but I definitely don't have an energy dip. And I feel like my body's burning clean fuel. It's very legit. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of science behind it. There's a podcast that I did pretty recently with a guy named Dom D'Agostino, who's a scientist and does a lot of clinical research on the ketogenic diet. And he he can give you like real raw hard data, but there's a there's a big issue with your body burning off carbohydrates, especially in particular refined carbohydrates, mm-hmm. and then spikes of insulin, and then the dips. Yeah, and you just feel terrible, and you need a nap in the middle of the day. I I've been operating that way for so long. I'm not saying I'm enlightened now, and this will be it forever. But I was like, yeah, you just take a nap. President takes a nap. People, most of Europe takes a nap. You take a nap, and I started doing this, and I was just on this press tour. And I went into it, and this is sometimes just knowing that a change is possible is almost more important than the outcome. I went onto this thing in New York, and every time you do press, it's like you're up at 6 a.m., you're done at 7 p.m., and it's a gauntlet. And I always feel disgusting and tired and bloated. And this time I was like, I'm just going to do the ketogenic diet throughout. And I never needed a nap. I didn't feel like I outgrew my clothes. Like I felt like a human, and I felt – pretty which is such a weird thing but like there's nothing worse than being bloated as a girl and it's got to be the diet because you're burning clean fuel and there's no dips and if you think about every time you reach for a snack which is so easy or a piece of candy in a green room you're doing that to your body the the spikes and that's exhausting Uh and that's why you're napping at four o'clock every day yeah it's not it's not good for you and we're not designed to consume food like that Mm -mm. we're just not all these refined carbohydrates it's a massive part of the modern diet it's just it's really recent last few hundred years humans have had it in the last hundred years it's changed pretty radically i um i went to this thing called the summit which is kind of like a giant ted talk and mm-hmm. yeah i know I did, it is i did some stand up there and so it's a you just stand up at it yeah i just went uh how many people did stand up there it was just me ben glebe invited me oh okay and so i went um what is ben doing there he did some stand up before and uh 
So I did it. And then after, you know, it fosters this environment of sort of open-mindedness and just talking. Mm-hmm. You can just talk to people. And I, it was the first week of the diet. So I had the keto flu. And I, oh. I, had to, I had to leave the comedy store one night. I had a second show. And I was talking to Steve Simone about cheese. And I almost threw up. And I was like, I have to go home. Because like, my own diet was making me so nauseous. Because that's part of it. You get sick at the beginning. I never got that. I just got tired. Really? I got it to the point where it was fucking with my workouts. My workouts felt flat. Huh. But, but exogenous ketones are the way to kill that. So I was taking those two. But it's also you're kind of like you're reading stuff and you're kind of sussing out what works for you and mm-hmm. trying to find the right balance. Anyways, I but I was not feeling well, but I was talking to everyone about this diet. I was like, this could not be more LA. I'm like, hi, I'm Eliza. I'm on a diet. Check it out. Like, yeah, on the keto diet too. On the keto diet. That's big LA. And it's also like an intense thing. Like you're changing everything. So I, and some, so when you say you have a diet, people want to tell you what's wrong with it. And I was like, my favorite part of a diet is people telling me how wrong I am for spending all this money and doing this. And this one guy came up and he's like, I'm a vegan. And I was like, okay. And he starts explaining why he's basically a better person. And I was like, but your shoes are leather, so fuck you. (laughs) And I was like, okay. He's like, you're impacting the world in a negative way. I'm like, okay, but do you recycle? He's like, no. Like, we all do what we can. And you're not a better person just because you happen to eat only herbs. And maybe you don't drive a Prius. Like, who knows where you're making your shitty Well, the real problem is the, the desire to project that on people. Absolutely. I was like this. I don't I'm not telling anyone to do it. I was just saying what I'm doing. I mean, I mean, you're not saying you're a better person. For no, that, but him saying he's a better person for that. Or he didn't say it, but the, he was acting. But like you it. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's one of the reasons why people do that. It's this moral high ground that they take. That being said, that being said, when I see people eating garbage, I do feel superior. I'm well, like, I'm not hungry. Well, you realize they're doing something bad to their body. It's the way I feel when I see someone smoking cigarettes. Right. I'm like, ah, man. But I'm not going to say something to you. You should walk up to him and start coughing. Okay. Can I tell you? Yes. I was at Starbucks the other day, and I just was running in to grab an espresso shot because I have one every time I work out. And I, I go in, and there's a girl there. And, like, we're comics, so a big part of our job is sort of scanning people, identifying what they are, making assumptions because we're usually right. So this girl in front of me, and she's standing there holding a snack. Because we're usually right. We're usually right. <laughs> That's why we're successful. And she's holding her snacks, and, and I can see that she's kind of weighing her options. Right. And I see her One's put it down. an apple. Yeah, and I see her grab a banana. Right. So to me, for the most part, when women do that, it is about a dietary thing. You're trying to lose weight. She looked like she was maybe going to the gym. I don't know. So just trying to be a good girl to another girl. I just because I thought she was making like a sugar based decision. I go, you know, bananas are full of sugar. Just because no! I didn't know that. <laughs> I did because someone told that to me because you always think of bananas healthy. You put it in a smoothie, right. you put in a shake. I didn't know it had so much sugar. So I just said it just as a like, hey, girlfriend, I didn't know this either. And so she and. And, oh, God, what did she say? She looked at me, and she said something, and she was – and then the, 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 the barista, like, got a tune. She goes, fruit has a lot of sugar. I go, well, blueberries have a low glycemic index, and just bananas have more. I just didn't know. That was it. I was just trying to be cool. I leave. I'm walking through the courtyard, and I hear this, excuse me, and it's the girl from inside. And she goes, did you know dyeing your hair causes cancer? Oh, I'm sorry. That was it. In the place, I go, the banana sugar. She goes, but it has potassium. And I go, but we don't really know what potassium does, do we? I mean, we know it's in bananas. Like, I was just trying to be funny. Right. And I leave. And she comes across. And she goes, do you know that dyeing your hair causes cancer? And Joe, I thought she was fucking with <laughs> me. And I go, yeah, but there's a lot of potassium in hair dye. And she goes, you really shouldn't tell people what they should and shouldn't eat. You don't know what I'm going through. And I was like, I do now. Ooh. Crazy. <laughs> Oh, crazy. Like yeah, your she book. was. That is crazy. That is crazy. That is so crazy. So some girls are crazy? Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some people are fucking... If you're going to, like... 
You're going to tackle me in a courtyard right. and tell me to go fuck myself because I just said bananas have sh-. She got like so offended. Well, you are slim and maybe she was not. And maybe she was fine. She was fine she looking. She was fine. Yeah. She was fine. Maybe she has a body image thing. Who doesn't? My point is, if you can't suss out Jamie that I was just making talk. Jamie's super comfortable with his body. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with mine. <clears throat> All right. But the point is, I get, and I asked everyone, I was like, was I wrong in well, saying the sugar thing? Well, sometimes you just catch someone, like I've always described it this way, like most people all day long, if you're lucky, people are at like a two or a three out of 10 on the outrage scale. <laughs> but you, you might run into someone who's at a nine. They For just, sure. They might've just got dumped. Their car might be getting repossessed. They might've just got fired. They yeah. might've just got yelled at by their mom. There might be like a whole series of things. And she then just you were behind her with the fucking banana top. Banana sugar. This bitch. If you're listening, which I doubt it because you don't seem like the kind of person that wants to be enlightened. But oh, if you're listening, God. this is not a good apology. Maybe she knows about cancer and hair dye, and that's what she wanted to tell you. Well, I'm not going to not be blonde. <laughs> I'm not going to walk around with like roots just because it causes cancer, maybe. I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry, banana lady. Banana ladies, you need a hug. Um, does, does hair dye actually cause cancer? I've never read that. What doesn't? Mm, like what doesn't Invi- well living in a city causes cancer for sure oh my god it's gotta it's Big gotta time. be bad for you they say, they say they say that living near a highway like if you live within a certain distance of a highway can shave 10 years off your life I believe that not just from smog but anxiety I believe Twitter is slowly killing us Ooh, Twitter. I really do Twitter's killing and us. I have a foil helmet to prove it mm. I the amount of anxiety it causes I think the bad far outweighs the good do you, do you like read comments and talk back to people and have conversations? No. You and I had a conversation at the improv where you were frantic. That sounds like say me. Like, like a year ago, you were getting into it with someone. God damn it. I wish I could remember what it was about, but you were I fucking pissed mm-hmm. and you were frantic and you'd been going at it with all these people and they were pissed at you. Do you remember? I wonder if it was the Make America Great Again thing that I went through, which was horrible. But it could have it been was something about racism. Sounds like my running with hashtag MAGA. Maybe that's what it was. But, but we were in the front of the improv and you were so fucking frantic and angry and frustrated. And I said, let's just don't read that stuff. Just don't 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 engage like you wouldn't engage with those people in real life. No, and you're like, you're right. But yeah. I, have to tell, I have to fucking tell them because they it. say this. I can genuinely tell you this. I gave it up. Um, I had like my own thing. I did this interview and. Some girls got like butt hurt over something and it was then that I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done reading all of this. So I'll skim it once in a while for like uh, like a retweet about something or if someone's posting something. But I if you look at my tweets, they're all just sort of self-generating. There's there's no responses anymore. I've just decided like you're following me for a reason. So what I say is the is what I'm saying and I don't need to backtrack. And that's just the stance that I've taken because it really is like screaming into a pillow. <laughs> like that's all it is like with all and by the way but don't I, you find interesting th- do you find interesting things and then tweet them out to people like hey look at this cool article i just read i will retweet people's things if i think someone's brilliant there's this girl jess dweck who i can't stop talking about uh who has she's like single-handedly upending the trump administration like her tweets are so brilliant what is her name jess dweck how do you, how do you spell that uh, i think it's d-w-e-c-k i think i follow she's just so good and i just believe in if something's good perpetuating it and putting it out there. So I retweet hers. If somebody says something funny, I retweet it. But and but I don't answer people. D-W. Is it D-E-W-E-C-K? Yeah. Just get ready for a boost. 
Yeah, they're just hot fire. But she does a good job, so I like to retweet oh, it. Oh, the Dweck, the Dweck, is her her name. She was on a show I did last night. I did a, a women only invite show, and she Ooh, did it. Women only. Yeah. Uh, could I go if I wore drag? No. I'm not allowed to. Nope. Because I'd be like, what if I identify as a woman? So people ask that, mm. and I was just like, you can come, but no one did that. Oh, you can come if you identify as a woman. If you're a trans woman, I'm not going to be the one to tell you what no. What if you just figured it out like five minutes before the show? Yeah, then here, here's why you can't. Because it's about <laughs> a lifetime as a woman. Uh, so if you were always a man, you probably mm. just aren't going through the same things that a woman who's a, a woman was born a woman is. Right. But you can come. I'm not going to be the one to say no. Um, what's your stance on transracialism? It's okay. Oh, 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 sorry. No, no, Racial. I didn't get the one. Yeah, like the, like, uh, the Rachel Dolezal yes. person. I don't think it works. You can't be another race. Well, how can you be a woman then? How can a man be a woman? Ow. What if you really feel, you're right? How can, if a man feels like he's a woman, why is that different than a man feeling like he's, like there was one that I tweeted yesterday, a guy who believes he's Filipino. He was born, I think he's transgender as well. He's got both things going on. You know, I think it's people that just don't like who they are and they feel like a radical well, shift. There he is. Let me Trans- say this. Transracial man born white says he feels Filipino. And by the way, that makes it into USA Today. Is he this a nurse? Is where He's the dressed in scrubs. News Maybe that's gone. why he feels Filipino. I don't think that's scrubs. It's like tie-dye. It looks like scrubs. Uh, this is where and he has purple highlights in his hair or can pink. I, can I just say that it seems to be the issue is when white wants to be another color. Mm. Everybody has been forced to sort of take on white characteristics. Black girls flatten their hair, right. nose jobs. Um, do you know about Sammy Sosa? Yeah, and getting lighter. Do you know what he looks like now? Yes, I do. Because Dude, he looks like you. He looks just like me. Tiny nose. He doesn't have a tiny nose, but he has like literally your color skin. So my best friend, her wife is uh, Dominican, and she posted a picture of it, and she was like, this is not a joke. It's so sad. Yeah. That he feels that he look has that. to do this. Yeah. Holy shit. Just look at that. He's a fat white he guy. Looks like now. the Gerber baby. <laughs> I mean, I guess he got off the steroids and that's when his body sort of started getting fucked up and doesn't work out anymore. So nobody, he's, he's big now. But. Nobody white is outraged when you try to be white. I think people of color get angry when it goes the other way. Right. Because they're like, you don't get to just take on our look as a costume. Right. And I think that's the social issue. Yeah. No, for sure. But that's, that's, I guess that's my only answer. Right, but what if that's where you really feel like you would be happy? I think do it, do it privately. Do it privately. Wear, <laughs> wear a, a Dominican Day Parade costume under your overcoat. Well, you can get away with some of it, right? Like affectations. Like you can get away with like if you're a rapper, you could sort of talk sure. like MC Search. I think it's like teetering on that line who's mc search you don't remember uh-uh. third base he used to have a uh, a tv show and it was horrible it was a talk show but he was going to keep it real and Is it he was white yeah it was so no, bad that bad. opie and anthony used to play clips from mc search's show Is that him yes that's him is he Jewish? Because yes, we do this. I we love hip hop. Yes. Yeah, that's him it. from back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of Third Base. I, I love them as a, as a band. But his show, well, you know what? His show, here's the difference between his show and what his show could be. <laughs> Look at that sweater. Yeah. 
he uh that's awful but he looks like he's being choked out it by looked his like own he was shirt. all he was also wearing makeup and he was also being i'm sure produced yeah you got to be yourself and you can't be yourself if you're on a fucking network you just can't they're not gonna let you they're gonna force you into some box they're gonna yeah. they're gonna figure out a way to sell you like this is what you're gonna be you're gonna be the this guy i hey. did a pilot for look at him hey search i think it was oxygen and they were like we need you to say things like keep it 100 Ooh, can you say that for me? Keep it 100. I like it. Y'all. Keep it 100. I was like, this is Nobody just... says that, you stupid fuck. They it was a while it. ago. But this is how dumb they are. Yeah. People write that. They don't fucking say it. No one says keep it 100, you dumb cunt. Who are you? Who are you? And that's why I don't have a pilot advice. with them. But it's always that. I always watch TV and the advertising is always one step removed from what's like cool now. Right. Because by the time they push right. it through corporate. It's too late. It's like, yeah, yeah. what's that? Like, guess what? No Ooh. one's saying it anymore. Right. Remember what's up? Remember that the one frogs? guy that had that great video? Where it was like him calling his friends, what's up? Yeah. His friends were like, what's up? It was hilarious. That was like the 90s, right? Here's another one that bothers me when people say, I almost threw up in my mouth. Ooh. You yeah. didn't invent it. Stop using it in commercials. Mm, yeah. That's not good. It's bad. Yeah. There's a bunch of those that they use and they go, ooh, this will connect with the kids. Yeah. We'll be able to sell more things. Well, the worst ooh. is when like execs go, we want, it to, we want to make a viral video. I'm mm. like, you can't. It mm. g- becomes viral. It right. goes viral. We'll make a viral video. And then what was the other one? Um, when people, oh, it's bingeable. When I was on Freeform, we want bingeable. We want everyone to binge. I'm like, you don't Ugh. decide that you're going to binge it just because you put all your content out there. Yeah. You binge things because you decide. It's bingeable. It's hot. It's now. It's fresh. Oh, God. Oof. How can you be in that industry and keep it real? That's what I want to know. Can you keep it real? Can you keep it 100? Look at that lady. No. What is she doing? Is she doing the she's, dab or yeah, is she's she dabbing on him? Yeah. Are you sure she's dabbing or is but, she just doing Tai Chi in the park? Oh, it definitely says it on her shirt. Definitely oh. says it on a shirt that she doesn't know she's wearing. I didn't realize that. She can't read. That no. lady's blind. No. She's 150,000 years old. Look Hashtag at her. keep pounding. Have, ooh, we think it's so funny when old people talk as if they were yeah. ever young and fucking. Like as if they've never had I sex. Oh, right? Like that lady probably at one point in time was a dick connoisseur. No, she's out there in the park, not knowing what the fuck she's wearing. She could still be a dick connoisseur in the park. That's probably the best place. Probably. To be sampling dick. It's probably hard to get a good one, though. When you're at that age, this is probably real tough. Because it's all about enthusiasm. You know? I feel like dudes are pretty down. With old ladies? Like old dudes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's an issue. Um, a friend of mine, Go on. one of his buddies worked at a old folks home. And said that one of the big issues was these old guys would get Viagra. Yeah. And these old ladies, they didn't give a fuck. And a lot of them are on antidepressants. So they're like, la, 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 who gives a shit? Like they're on Xanax. And they're getting STDs. Well, I don't know if it was that. That's something that I heard about. Like it's rampant because that's happening. That's probably really bad when you're old, right? Oh my God. Like your body doesn't heal so good. No, I mean, if you syphilis when you're fucking 98. Well, herpes is like uh, an ah. attack on your immune system. There it goes. The new erotic frontier, sex in nursing homes. Until recently, nursing homes frowned on sex. Now, increasingly, they smile. Oh, well, Can that just... makes sense. Why, why shouldn't they have fun? Look at this. When Aubrey Davidson, age 85, met a special guy at the Hebrew home in Riverdale in the Bronx, New York, they did more than sit next to each other in the dining room. They inv- he invited her to his room. They hung a do not disturb sign on the door. And at breakfast the next morning, they both sported broad smiles. It's terrible writing. It's like that not was good written writing. like a fourth grade. But also calling it, what does the top say? 
the you see the new erotic frontier. You're like, ooh, mm. and it's like sex in nursing homes. You're like, oh, there goes the boner. Well, it, start, it sounded so hot. Yeah, that's not. It's not exciting for me. But there's a whole category on you porn oh. for that. So yeah, old people. They do. Some people do like watching old people fuck. You know what I watched the other day? I'm not proud of it, but I will admit it to you. I watched an old say my special porn. <laughs> I watched an old porn star still at it. Stop Sex highlighting. I don't care about this article. provides exercise. Or this topic. And at the time of life when many elderly feel cold, sleeping as a pair provides warmth. Okay. Aw, that's cute. Great. Oh, look at this, though. They're Hold like on. Otters. Go back. Go back to that. Um, relationships make people happier, and the happiness reduces stress and irritability and improves mood, appetite, sleep, sociability, and immune function. So do plants. Read that first oh, sentence. Oh, how dare you? Read the first sentence as the Hebrew home. That first one at the bottom. Oh, the Hebrew home does more than tolerate resident nookie. <laughs> who wrote this? The faculty hold probably someone who works at the Hebrew home. <laughs> it's propaganda. The faculty holds regular happy hours, dances, and even organized a dating service for residents. G date. G for grandparents. Great. I like it. That's great. Whatever. No one's getting hurt. Yeah. Who cares. And they're enjoying themselves. These people fought for our country. Some of them probably did. Let them fuck. This is like an age, like, there might have been a few draft dodgers from Vietnam in that mix. What about Korea? But, by the way... The Forgotten in, War. Yeah, by the way, neither one of those wars were they really fighting for our country. But, no, but they still went. They still went, so, but Vietnam was a draft. Vietnam a was a horrible thing, but they still went. Yeah, they still went. Mm. Well, it's not their fault. It was a bullshit war. It was a bullshit war. For sure, but it's, it's not their fault. It was the most bullshit war. The most bullshit war. Well, it was the most bullshit oh, war because was? it was literally founded on bullshit. Do you know about the Gulf of Tonkin? I know the all Gulf about the Vietnam was War. was a, you know, it was a false flag that got us into Vietnam. It never happened. This Gulf Gulf of Tonkin incident. As I'll take it a step further. I think the threat of communism is something that we like to do to scare Americans. Yeah. And the poor Laotians just got caught in the middle of all of this. Yep. I went to Vietnam, and they still have. I'm sorry, I went to Cambodia, and they still have, like, active mines. Because dro- we dropped, yeah. I think, more bombs. I think it was, like, several million or something. And it's still an active thing. Like, people are still losing body parts to this. Sure, farmers. And we're just like, whoops-a-daisy, sorry. Yeah. And they're not an angry people. I don't know if the threat of communism was perceived as real. Because I think if you look at the rest of the world, like, we were obviously in conflict with the Soviet Union. They were worried about China, the, you know, the Marxism and Mao and all the, the various issues that people had overcome. I think they were worried that communism was going to spread. I think it's just one of those things where once a witch hunt starts, yeah. you know, like the McCarthyism era, yeah. that's, that's really fucking scary. That shit where they were going after people and ruining their lives if they'd went to a meeting. Sure. Like if you went to a communist meeting— I mean, we definitely blacklisting people, Yeah, you know, and it's it's a fine line because it's like, well, you're an American, so you have these rights. And then, like, who's deciding that line? I wonder if we're kind of getting into that now with what we're able to say online mm-hmm. with the whole sexual predator thing, which it, you want to talk about draining a swamp. Like, it's great what's happening now, but then you're going to get guys who are like, I never did anything. And it's like, well, sorry, now no one wants to work with you. Well, there's people that are absolutely guilty that are getting caught. Yeah. And then there's people for sure that are going to get accused by people who really just want attention. You're going to have that too, but I think you're going to have way less of that. I think you're going to have less of that because I think the stakes are so high that 
for you to do that, for you to be the type of person that accuses someone just for your own personal gain, right. I feel like it's not going to happen as much just because it's such a serious thing right now. It is such a serious thing, but there's so much weirdness to it. Like George Sakai, a guy mm-hmm. says he grabbed his dick in 1981. Hey, dude. You let it go. Walk that off. Walk it off. I'm walk sorry. It off. It's also, it's not as damaging as it is when a man does it to a young woman. 100%. Thank you for saying that. It that's isn't. So, that's so true. I've been saying this on stage, mm-hmm. and I have a bit. I don't I want to reveal it here, but um, I, there's a big difference between being threatened for your life. Like, if you're dealing with a situation, like, all right, uh, this is not to throw Louis C.K. under the bus, but- Someone was saying, like, what's the big deal? Someone masturbating in front of you. I, this, is what I, this is what I said. <laughs> They've never had it happen. You're a man. Yep. Okay. And if a woman was masturbating in front of me, I would not be worried. You're not threatened for your safety. I would, exactly. Yep. I'd be like, okay. I, you want to do that? All right. I, but if a man is doing it and they're blocking the door mm-hmm. and it's a man that fit, Look, I was in the, the green room. Not the green room. The, um, uh, the bar area. The comedy store. Mm-hmm. You know that little narrow pathway? And this guy walked by, it was about three months ago, and he was six foot seven, 300 plus pounds. Mm-hmm. And he, when he walked by me, I just looked at him, he looked at me, I got physically nervous. Yeah. Physically nervous. Sure. Like I was thinking, okay, if this guy decided he was going to kill me, he was mm-hmm. going to smash me, there's almost nothing I could do about it. He's so much bigger than me. That is how almost every woman feels around a large man. This is... The thesis for my last special for Confirm Kills. You have a thesis? I talk about it. It's at, at length how it all goes back to the fact, all of the suppression, all of your nervousness as a woman, all of it goes back to the fact that men are physically stronger than women. Yes. And my whole joke is if we were stronger, if women were stronger, we wouldn't have waited for the right to vote. Would have been like, I'm going to the polls, out of the way, Jedediah. Right. Like it just yeah. wouldn't. So it all goes back to that. And I think for some guys, it's hard to grasp what that feels like to feel physically inferior because it's not mental, mentally inferior. It's not someone's funnier. Your life is threatened when a guy blocks the door, when a guy's in your way, when you're in some guy's home and maybe he doesn't want to hear no, he can kill you. That's all. Even a guy that's not that much bigger than me is still exponentially stronger than me. And that's just the way we're designed. It's not every woman. It's not every man. But women live with that fear. So it's so insane, you know. They're like, he jerked off in front of them. And at the time, you know, this is a very valid thing. Like at the time, I didn't know it was happening because your brain isn't designed to handle like a famous comedian's masturbating in front of me. I'll file this away. Well, not only that, how about it comes out of the blue? Mm-hmm. How about, how about you You're and trying I are to process out? it. You and I are friends. We've been friends for a long time. If we were in some hotel room somewhere and I said, can I jerk off in front of you? You'd be like, what? Yeah. You probably would. This is not like a rational request. Like, hey, do you want to get some food? Hey, right. you know, let's let's go to the bar. Hey, there's no neurological right. path to this where it's like, there's yeah, like, we'll go to the food bar and get food. You just open a door uh-huh. and dropped off a cliff. And you're just you're grabbing onto anything. So they giggle. They laugh because that's a, a right. natural reaction. You're like, OK, you can't believe it's happening. A lot of girls like Ali Reisman just came out, the gymnast. Uh, her the Olympic doctor yes. was molesting her and another girl as well. Yes, right? and the guy's already in prison for child porn, which is so insane. I think <sighs> at the time, especially when you're younger, I have good friends who are like, I was basically raped or assaulted, and at the time you're laughing and going along with it because you don't know. Right. Like your brain is like almost shutting down. You're like, I don't know that it's not okay. Well, especially if you're really young, right? Sure. 
I mean, you're, if you're a young kid and you're not exactly sure, you don't have a context for this action. Right. So and all of a sudden it's happening. You don't know. You just don't. You don't understand. Like, I almost got um, scooped up by a child molester once when I was really young. I was like, I guess I was like eight or nine. I was in the library and I was looking at these books. And this guy came up to me. And I was looking at, I was really always into monster books, like monster movies. Mm-hmm. And this guy uh, came up to me. He's like, you like, you like monster books? And I go, yeah. And he goes, uh, I've got some monster books in my car. You want to see them? So, I, okay. Got a monster in my pants. I didn't know any better. You know, yeah. I was fucking eight years old or yeah. whatever I was. So I start walking out to his car and the librarian sees him and me and starts screaming. She said, Joseph, you keep away from that man. He just got out of jail. Oh my and God. I was crying and I ran to her and the guy ran away. Oof. But I think to myself, like. I, I had no idea. I didn't know what a child molester was. Sure. I didn't understand. You don't know. And even if he tried to touch you, you're like, this feels weird. I know I don't like this. It's just such a gray area. And our, our sexuality. for a doctor, right? For a doctor to like abuse. That and you think, oh, maybe he's touching me. He needs to be doing that. I don't know right. what went on. But your sexuality, especially as you're younger, is so vulnerable. Like if you want to fuck up a girl's life, all you got to do is go over and like grab her boobs as an adult and like that's it just go up and grab some young kid's dick or like touch a woman's vagina yeah and you're fucked like it's such a precious vulnerable thing the fact that any of us get out unscathed is a miracle i had another one when i was 14 no 13 i wasn't in high school yet so it was like the year before high school i used to go fishing at this lake and there was this old dude that used to come by the lake he was jogging all the time me and my buddies would fish there and he was a, a former professor and he'd come by and talk to us. He was always like really smart and articulate and interesting to talk to. And he would sit with us while we were fishing and talk to us. It was always super friendly. And then he'd drive, drive off or run off. And then one day I went over his house. And uh, I didn't think anything of it because I'd been around this guy all the time. Yeah. And he, um, he watched me pee in the bathroom. Didn't think anything of that either. Like right. grown man watching me pee is like normal. And then, like, maybe a week later, he showed up at the pond where we would fish, and he was drunk. And he told me he loved me. Oh, my God. And uh, I remember thinking, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I like you, too. Cool. Like, it's weird because I'm fishing at the time. I was like, what the fuck is this guy going on? Yeah. About? And we were in a, a weird area of the pond. There was, like, no one around. And it was, like, a lot of trees and bushes and shit. It was, it was sketchy. And he, I remember he said this to me. He said something about something along the lines of you can't have love without sex. Just out of the blue? Yeah. That's his opening? Yeah. He said he loved me. Oof. And he said, you know, there can't be any love without sex. And I said, what? What the fuck And I had a knife. About? And I remember I had a knife. And I put my hand in my pocket. I had, like, a little folding knife. Yeah. And I held onto it in my pocket. And I told him... He had to get away from me, and I'm leaving, and he told me I was overreacting, and I reeled in my line and got out of there. But I was like, this guy wants to do something to me. I'm 13. There's no, I can't do anything. I'm yeah. like, maybe I might be able to stab him. Probably not, you know? It's definitely – I think about that because especially as a girl – and I hate to keep saying that, but it really does. Like, it does affect us the most. And, you know, you get in these Ubers. Like, you're like, I'll just get in with this dude. Right. I'll just get in this cab. And a hope that he's not going to snap today. But you it's know? not even a cab. It's a guy's actual car, right? So it's even or more whatever. intimate. Or just walking. Or yeah. it's basically you're at, you know, you have to keep 
You have to be vigilant about it because, like, if somebody just decides this is what I'm going to do, and we're all vulnerable to agree. Some guy decides to take out an AK-47 or drive his car into a group. We're all just sitting ducks, right. you know, and all the preparation in the world. You can't fight a gun with your fist. You can't uh, outweigh a man with your body mass as a woman. Yeah. Unless you're a real big girl. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We, I, I think about those things. And so that's why it's tough when you're walking and you're a girl and some guy's like, smile. You're like, I'm just trying to fucking survive. There's Forget the smile so, thing. That's such a bully move because those guys who do that, they're only doing that because they're bigger and stronger than you. Oh, and by the way, smiling causes wrinkles. And Doesn't, then when you have wrinkles, what if you have Botox? Like can't it. even smile. I don't know about that. But if you like, the reason why a guy will do that is because he can. Like a guy's not going to do that to a bigger man. But you know this, what I'm saying? Like a bigger w- man walks by. Hey, smile. Hey, hey fuck, fuck you. you. You know what I'm saying? Like creep. You, you're ordering someone to do something. You're ordering. Or some, you're, but, but moreover, I'm just trying to. I'm putting on a face, just saying right. I don't want to be bothered because I'm scared, and I'm trying to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And you're preying on that vulnerability. Thinking that I want that. If I want to see your dick, I'll tell you. If I want to talk to you, I'll look at you. They're not thinking that you want that. What they're doing is they're realizing that you don't want to have anything to do with them. And by saying that, they have like this power to affect you. Well, what's scary... Hey, why don't you smile? You wouldn't look like such a bitch. Right. And what's scary is then, if you don't, I don't know what wrath that's going to incur. When yeah. I say, fuck off, right. I better hope hit. I'm on the other side of the street. Right. Uh and what's funny, because I, I talk about this in the special, so I'm not trying to do a bit. This is such a comic conversation. We have this thing where a guy says something to like, hey, sweetheart. And you're like, fuck off. And you get tough immediately followed by, what if he kills me? It's right. always our thought, like, oh, my God, please don't, don't follow me. Of course. Yeah. We came out of this show last night, this, like, girls' night in show, and everybody was feeling great. We walk outside, and this, like, dude walks up. He's like, anybody got a lighter? You're walking into a group of five girls having a lively conversation. You put yourself in the middle. And I walked away. I go, ew, I'm not doing that. And he like started chirping at me. What's your problem? Who has a lighter? And my fucking dumb friends are like, I think I do, sir. And I'm like, this is not the time to demonstrate how compassionate you are. Fuck, don't give him a lighter. Like, there's no reason to go anywhere else. You're obviously a crazy person. But that's another instance where, or instance rather, where a guy will do that because he's bigger. Because he can get away with it. A guy's not Mm going to do that to a group of guys. No. You know, I mean, that's this the reason why he's doing it. He's doing it because he's this imposing, like he's a big dog sure. walking into a room. And this, and sometimes, you know, for shows, like I have security thereafter, and it's not, you know, I'm not Beyonce. It's not like people are throwing themselves at me. But I've found just having a large man, even if it's a friend of mine standing next to me, deters even the beginnings. Uh, even the inklings of uh, let me step to her and see what's going to happen. Well, just for, having one there. Well, that's got to be a thing with girls. That's different with guys. Like, guy, people get obsessed with people. Guys yeah. get obsessed with girls. Girls get obsessed with guys. There's a lot of people out there that are unstable and they lock onto someone and they get obsessed with them. Sure. But if a man gets obsessed with you sexually, that becomes a giant issue. And there is no separation, by the way. You can't just be obsessed with me because you're like, oh, I just, uh, she's brilliant and I'm totally normal. Like, no, those they want to have linked. a relationship with you. Right? I had that happen. I had a stalker. Uh, it was a couple years ago, and um, I did a show in Michigan. Was it Michigan? Nope. It was University of Delaware, and I was going to Michigan the next day. And and the it was a, I did a college, obviously, and the woman working in there, she comes up to me. She goes, hey, there's a guy here. He says he's your cousin. And I was like, I don't have a cousin in Delaware. So she leaves. She comes back. She goes, he says he's a comic from L.A. And I'm like, I don't know any comics from Delaware also. And then she leaves. She comes back. She goes, he says, I go, stop. Stop coming back to me. This is obviously like several attempts. 
And now security has to walk me out to the car. So we do that. And so I had it kind of in my mind, like somebody did something. So I could go to Michigan. And I'm in Michigan. I'm there for a festival the next day. And the secure, and I, I mentioned it. I just kind of mentioned it. I was like, this happened yesterday. And the security guard comes over and he was like, yeah, there was a guy waiting in the hallway after we cleared it. And when I talked to him, he kind of ran away. And I kind of got his name. I think he like saw his ID for a second. The guy was like trying to get in, but he was creepy enough that security like caught it. So they showed me the surveillance tape. So you see nothing but a grainy face and like a black leather jacket and what they thought his name was. So a couple weeks later, I, had, I was going to play South by Southwest. So I told my manager about it. So she tells security there. My buddy, I'm not going to say his name because he's very shy, is ex-Army uh, Ranger and works for the contracts with the government. And so I told him. So he called the FBI and they gave him with just the grainy photo and what we thought his name was, and they found who he was, just some nut who, of course, has guns and has a record and lives off his family money somewhere in rural whatever. And I was at South by Southwest, and I had given – and I felt bad, and this is, goes to women feeling bad for taking up space. There were way more famous people there than me. But here I am. I can't pick up my badge. I had to go talk to the police. Like I had to have an escort everywhere. I'm doing like a bar show. You know, I'm just there to hang out with my friends and I had to have somebody to all three shows. And I, I felt embarrassed because I have this police escort and like huge movie stars are there and they don't even have that. And I, I didn't want anyone to look at me like, who does she think she is? But I was scared and he had, and so it was the last show and I thought I was in the clear and I go and I do my set and one of the cops comes over. They were like, he showed up and we caught him. But had they not been there and they talked to him, and I guess they put the fear of God in him because they were like, she doesn't want to talk to you. And he goes, oh, I don't want to hurt her. And I'm Jesus thinking, Christ. yeah, but your version of hurt and mine are very different. Like, I need my skin. You probably don't think it hurts to take it <laughs> off of me. Well, but uh, how about you don't want to talk to him, period? Like, he I don't want to hurt her, but I, I need to talk to her. Like, you never need no, to talk to somebody. you don't need that. Yeah. And it's Texas cops, so, like, they, lo- they get super... Oh, they bury you in the fucking desert. And they scared him off, and I've never had to deal with him. But for months, at the improv, at the store, we had this guy's picture up. Jesus Christ. And I did nothing. You know, it's just you decide. Right. Like, he goes, she communicates with me through meditation oh, and Kabbalah. Kabbalah. I was like, all right, let him in. That's like Jewish meditation. Do you yeah. do that? No. I think uh, Madonna was doing that for a while. Jewish mysticism. <laughs> Wasn't Madonna like big she was the into Kabbalah? It. <laughs> Which all these people that are like Kabbalists that have studied it forever. <laughs> and she's trying to like hack it. Yeah. Well, but, she is Madonna. She gets a velvet rope to the front of the line. That was Janet Jackson's tour. The velvet rope tour. Uh, was I it? thought you were making like a 90s no. pop reference. No, saying like she gets VIP to the Kabbalah. Center the red string what, in the water. What is Kabbalah? Like, what? What do you know anything about the? the it's the study of Jewish mysticism. Right. So Judaism is actually a very ancient, sort of mystical, spiritual religion, and this kind of goes sort of back to its roots. And it's something that you can't, because I've always been interested in. It, you can't just pick up a book. Like, it's a lot of studying, a lot of like deep seated dissecting Hebrew numbers. You know, mm. it's not something you just decide you're going to do. Hmm. But I don't know much about it other than that. Is it from ancient Hebrew? Ancient before, like it's yeah, it's yeah. Ancient Maybe Hebrew is such a that. weird language. I would love I to know. be. Able, it's like I love looking at old languages because you're looking at like some weird art form in yeah. a way. It was the first forms of communication. Like if you look at it, you know, ancient Hebrew or ancient Arabic or Aramaic or something like that. Like the, just the way those things are structured, the way the sentences are written out. Mm-hmm. I have this. Um, it's 
several hundred years old, but it's a Thai Bible. Ooh. And it's on my wall. Like I have, it's lit, written on these um, palm, they, they, they took like palm wood and flattened it out and painted it. So it's like this really like artistic, weird thing that's framed. But I just go by it and I look at it and I'm like, this is like, I have no idea what the fuck it says, but no. it's just cool to look at. Like this sure. weird way of, of writing and communicating these people had. Well, it's also fascinating because like they had the urge that we do to record sure. everything. People are going to look at ours in a million years and be like, why are there all these eggplant emojis? <laughs> like, like, why is everything of eggplant why is and spurting water? The, the yeah. okay sign. Why is everyone yellow? Yeah, exactly. But they had the same, I always wonder... Did they have, I mean, obviously they didn't have the same advancements, but like ancient Greece, like did they have, like what were young people doing? Like mm-hmm. was it, what was your fun besides vomiting in a vomitorium <laughs> and wrestling? Right. Yeah. Well, I would just love to be a fly on the wall back then. I mean, when you're talking about people that had very little understanding of how the universe worked or their rudimentary understanding of science, just to hear the wisest of the wise amongst them try to figure out. What makes everything tick? Talking about how acne is the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about how women were treated then. That's what's really weird. It's like women have always been treated like shit. Always. Yeah. It's always been some weird sort of relationship between men and women because we can get away with it. And that's really the bottom line about it all. It's like what's happening today, I think, is that because of the ability to express now, like it's almost like something could happen to you in a bad way way and no one could know about it right right but now everyone can know about it if you express it yeah if you express it everyone can know about it everyone can know sure and now everybody's realizing that and there's like a shift well everybody's it's like when black lives matter really came to the forefront you know and all these white people are like oh my god i didn't realize america was racist and black people are like really because we did so all these women now are like yeah this shit goes on all the time And I even think about in comedy, you know, and I went on this like Twitter rant the other day about it. This idea, it's an, it's art. Comedy is art and people feel ownership over it. So you get these like boys clubs, you know, I'm very lucky in that I have, you know, like you get like, it's a group of dudes that run the show and they Mm -hmm. don't like girls, whatever it is, or the way a lot of guys make women feel. And it's so insane. I'm like, so because you moved to LA a year before me and you and your friends wrote the same jerk off jokes. You somehow think you own this art form that I've always felt a connection to my whole life just because you, you get you that? remember it. Because I, no. I, 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 but not only that, I mean, I don't mean do you get it, like do you understand it, but I mean. Does it happen to me? Does it happen to you? No. And no. the truth is I was able to avoid it because of what I did in my career early on because like winning a show like that makes you, you get to headline. So I was uh, never. I so missed, you were respected. It's not even that as much as I just was never in the trenches as much. Because I got to headline, which is always the goal. Like I just had a different path. How much? To- how much? How many years were you doing stand up before you did one last Three. comic standing? Whoa, that's crazy! Right. So, for me, I'm even more firmly, I guess, planted in my in my convictions about sympathizing or empathizing with women who didn't have the same advantage. Mm. And I want to, or anyone being bullied. But I see it, you know, at clubs that we do, and these are my home clubs, and I love it. Coming up the last 10 years, I've watched, oh, no, he's a good guy. And this guy, like, systematically, like, daily harasses women. And all the guys are like, no, he's, we're cool. He's friend, we're friends with him. You know, it's like... You've seen that. I've seen that. I'm not going to say names. But there okay. are people who go out of their way to be horrific. And I never see the guys around us, and these are all, you know, contemporaries, say anything. Because it's like, no, nah, he's a good guy. He's our friend. 
And women will DM me. Female comics will send me messages. This is happening to me. He said this to me. What do I do? And I'm like, all you can do is be kind, work on your jokes. Fuck that guy. He doesn't mean anything. But it is but a thing. But it does mean something psychologically if you have to it go does. to the club and then you see that guy. Mm-hmm. And if you see him right before you have a set. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've had, you know, disagreements. I was nervous. <laughs> this isn't you. When I when you and I had that dis- the thing about your phone number, I was like, I don't want to run into Joe. I'm so afraid of Joe. <laughs> and that's a, a, someone who's a friend of mine. You know, it's already such a weird thing to go to work. But the girls who are like, oh, yeah, I he told me I wasn't funny. He told me I was a slut. He told me this. He told me I was too X, Y, Z to this. And just as if the guy owns the art form when what breaks my heart is like real comics like you. Or like Sebastian. Or like people that I... Or Mark Maron. Like guys that I look up to that I think are so brilliant. They don't have time to sit there and get in the head of some girl who's just trying to make 15 bucks. You know? It's not your MO. It's only losers. Well, I always feel that we're all in the same boat together. And that if you have a vagina and I have a penis, it doesn't... We're all comics. Like I think they're really... I mean, that's... God, it sounds like... Even to be sincere sounds like such horseshit in this weird day and age because you feel like you're trying to cover up and try. I'm not those guys. Hey, I'm not, I, yeah, but I'm I, not that Harvey Weinstein guy. I'm different. I'm a you sweetie. You can come with me. Yeah, I'm a sweetie. We could sleep on the couch together. It wouldn't even bother me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's, but I think it's very important that all of us um, that, that work together. Look, I can learn shit from comedy about, from you. I can learn shit from anybody. I mean, I've I've seen people do do stand up. They've seen me do stand up. They do it different than me. Sure, we talk. You've got a different method than I do. There there might be something you see. It's always we're all peers. It's and art, I, and we're right. peers. But you, I feel like that with friends, and I feel like that with peers, and I feel like that with any. You gotta you gotta be open, and if you're not open, you're gonna miss stuff. You're also very secure. And I really do believe that insecurity, whether you're a woman hating another woman, whether you're a dude trying to like step to another guy, it all comes from insecurity. Yeah. So when you're, oh, I run this show with my buddies or, you know, I've been doing it three years. I'm owed the world. Like you're told that you're, that you're owed more, right? Oh, conquered show, but I should have more. Right. It comes from this insecurity of if she gets something that I deserve and it right. comes from this place of you think you deserve something. Um, and that was a big thing for me after I did the show. The men that I had to tour with were horrific, like mental scars, indelible marks on my brain, horrific, because there was a, this entitlement, like, how dare she take that, you know? How dare you win the show? How dare you not yeah. roll over and die? <sighs> but so I see that and I don't have to deal with it as much. Um, but I, my heart breaks because I wish that these girls five years later could look, could realize from like a bird's eye view when it's happening. I'm like, but that guy's got nothing. Like, if you really are going to be that mean to a fellow comic, you obviously hate yourself so much. Yeah, but you don't see that. Like, I wouldn't see that. If somebody hated me, even if they were a loser, when someone hates you, it sucks. No, no, hate yourself. Hates them. Like, if right. you're going to... But it, if someone hates on you because they hate sucks. themselves, it still sucks. I had a guy, when I started, I was doing these, like, comedy contests in, like, Orange County, which were a total racket. But I don't even know the guy. I think he was another comic, and he was, like, a middle-aged dad. And he would, on a weekly basis, write me hate email calling me names that I had never been called in my life. I was like 23 or something. You're a fucking bitch. Like just railing on me. And I didn't like someone jerking off in front of you. You don't know how to handle that. No one, I've never even had a woman be that mean to me. And so I, I took it. I wrote back a couple times like, what's your problem? And it was just, he was just a crazy person 
firing off at someone. And right. a year later, he wrote me an email to be like, I'm in rehab now. I'm so sorry. I've got a wife. I've got kids. So you enter into this art form and into this city with the best of intentions, trying to keep your soul as clean as possible. And you have no control over the crazy that's going to be in your path. You only have control over how you heal from it, I guess. Yeah. And I think every comic is crazy in a certain way. Sure. There's just no way around. If you're funny, I've never met a single funny one that wasn't fucking crazy. They're all crazy. It's just everyone's crazy is a different crazy. Well, here's the other side of it. So you get women and and my whole thing is like you should be fired from your job for not being funny, not because you didn't like fuck someone. Right. But I think some people take it a step further. They're like more for women. I'm like, no, no, no. Do the jokes. Be funny. Yeah. You shouldn't get the gig just because you're a girl. You should get a chance and you should have a chance to prove yourself and not have one stand in the way. But this, like, more women in comedy, write the jokes, be fucking funny. I will, I will fight for you to get that chance. But I'm not going to hire you just because you're a woman. Yeah, the more women in comedy thing is like, I just want humans yes. to be good at it. I want good, I funny think, people. Yeah, and I think there are more women in comedy mm-hmm. now than ever before. But I think there's more people in comedy now than ever before. So saturated. It's so saturated. But I think it's a good thing. There's a lot of competition and there's a lot of support. Like mm-hmm. one of the things that bothers me the most about any sort of weird shit that goes on with comedians, whether it's boy, girl shit or anything else, is that there's a camaraderie that we share that is very unusual in a fairly competitive art form. Yeah. Competitive in that, I don't think it's as competitive anymore. And what I mean by this is that I don't think that the idea of like getting a sitcom or being the host of The Tonight Show or you know these, these limited number of gigs that are available, I don't think that's where it's at anymore. I think there's more people like you that are doing Netflix specials and me, and we both do podcasts. Like that kind of thing, I think is way more open to people. And it's way easier for us to all to be supportive of each other and supportive of each other in the art form of stand-up. Like what's important in our world is don't steal. Yeah. Don't be an asshole to your fellow comedians. Support each other. And I'm going to be there for you if you're there for me. I think there's two things to that. Um, I agree. I think it's also easier to be supportive when someone's undeniable. I think when you're first starting out and when you're kind of in the clubs and you're all kind of fighting for to figure out what you have, when someone's genuinely funny, man or woman, I'm the first one to be like, yes, love right. that. Like, I visibly fell over Sebastian when I bring him on stage. And I'm sure he, like, doesn't love it. But I'm like, he's the best. I'm so excited. And and you are, I mean, this sounds like a, like, I'm stroking your ego, but it's true. Like, you single-handedly, I think, change the sort of landscape in the way that we consume comedy. Like, you have this massive podcast. You guys don't know. We're in a studio that is at least 2 million square feet, and there are <laughs> stuffed animals everywhere. Like, what, once were, not teddy bears. And there's elk horns, and there's an interactive dinosaur exhibit. Like, it's huge. Um, he's like a monster drink fountain. It's crazy. But you, you know, having this podcast, and then people see what's possible. So what's funny is you did this, and you built this sort of podcast empire. And there's other big ones, too. But this is definitely one of the most consumed on the planet. So then it sort of opens up this new avenue. So then you get all these other comics. I'm going to do podcasts too. And not everybody's equipped to do it. And there is, I think, a, a glory in being one of the originals because you kind of paved the way. And then well, there's like also, a lot I've, of I've fucked up a lot in the beginning and got better at it. Sure. And I was having a conversation with a, a good buddy of mine this morning about it. And he was asking me about conversations. We were just talking about conversations, about letting 
Thing, there's like an art form to letting people talk in a way that's easy to consume for the people that are listening. Well, you're a very good listener. And I think a lot of – when I started my podcast, I did it so I could work on my listening I skills. I know you were. Huh. And that was so nice. Talk about support. And you did not have to do that. Um, and I think – and I I don't do a lot of podcasts. I, I beg to do yours. So it's not like you asked me and I was like, I'm busy, Joe. But I don't do a lot of them because not every comic is a good listener or equipped. Well, we were talking to do before this. the show started about some bad interviews you've done, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's there's always going to be. Th- it's like you got to want to talk to people. You I got, like yeah. I like talking to people. Like this is one of the reasons why podcast is a good fit for me mm-hmm. is because I'm curious. You're very curious, ape. Yeah, I'm very curious. I like talking to people. I, I want to like when I was saying. Uh, like, would I be a woman for a day? I want to know how the fuck your brain works. Yeah. I know I know you don't know how mine works. And I know I don't know how yours works. I'm fascinated. And I think that we're trying to figure... Men and women try to figure out our interactions with each other through trial and error. Sure. And when sexual harassment and sexual assault and stuff like this, what's coming out in the news with Harvey Weinstein and, and others, and even the Kevin Spacey stuff, yeah. what we're starting to see... I mean, the Kevin Spacey stuff is not very applicable to what I'm talking about because it's men doing it to men but the Harvey Weinstein thing is it's like here's someone who's not even trying to think about how women think no not only that he was trying to think how can I how can I do this the most he had like a network of people helping him exact that plan this wasn't like I'm drunk touch my dick this was my assistant's gonna escort you in yeah I'm gonna send spies to try to cover this up later like it's maniacal. Did you ever see that article from 1945 with, uh, what was that, that woman's name? I'll send it to you again, Jamie. Oh, oh, yeah, the lady. Maureen O'Hearn. Yes, the yeah. Irish lady, the actress yes. that was like, if, if this is Hollywood. crazy. Jamie, and, I'm going to send it to you again. Put this up on the, on the big screen. You know what? No, I'm, I got a better version of it where it's not cut off. Hollywood here. was probably like, yeah, goodbye. Yeah, this is 1945. I did read she that. was complaining that people were trying to fuck her all the time and she couldn't get any work because they said she was cold. She was like... In order to get work, I have to like leave my husband, get rid of my kids, yeah. and be just fuckable. Here yeah. it is. Irish film star Maureen O'Hara, sorry, uh, today charged Hollywood producers and directors with calling her a cold potato without sex appeal. That's an Irish Because slur. she refused. <laughs> cold potato. Cold potato. To, she refuses to let them make love to her, says the Mirror New York correspondent. Can so, I read it? Can yeah, I read please. it in her Irish accent? Sure. I'm so upset with it that I'm ready to quit Hollywood, Maureen says. It's gotten so bad, I hate to come to work in the morning. I'm helpless, a victim, I'm a helpless victim of a Hollywood whispering campaign because I don't let the producer and director kiss me every morning or tell them or let them paw me and have them spread words around town that I'm not a woman, that I'm a cold piece of marble statuary. Statuary. That's a good word. I guess Hollywood won't consider me as anything except a cold hunk of marble until I divorce my hus- me husband, give me baby away, and take my name and photograph on all the newspapers. If that's Hollywood's idea of being a woman, I'm ready to quit now. Isn't that crazy? How good my accent is, yeah. It's very good. <laughs> Um, but 1945. But it's so real. But this is what I've always said about Hollywood, and this is one of the the real problems with the people that are involved in the business, not just in terms of like the way it's set up, but the the problems for the person that's doing it, that's trying to be an actor or an actress. Here's the problem: you have to get picked. So because you have to get picked, you have to go into places like, please like me. Yeah. And you're already fucking insecure, which is why you're an actress in the first place. Right. The reason why you're an actor in the first place is because you want an exorbitant amount of attention. You probably didn't get it when you were younger. There's something missing. What about people like Daniel Day-Lewis? Well, he's a different cat. 
Yeah, he's or like a, Christian Bale. There's a few of those okay. freaks out there. Like there's a few of actors. those freaks, especially <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. He's like been working the last two years as a cobbler. cobbler. Yeah, making yeah. fucking shoes. He's my favorite. I love that guy. He's, he's such a weirdo. You know, and then when you watch him in some movies, you know, like there will be blood, and you're like, oh, okay, this is like you're bare, you're not even really acting. You just become new people. Yeah, yeah. Like you there be- is that he becomes the guy on the set all the time. He's the guy all day. I don't want to spend that much time outside of my body. I don't either. Yeah. But the problem that I faced when I first came here was I got first of all I never wanted to act. I have I had zero intention to act. I wanted to be a comic. But then I started getting these development deals. Mm-hmm. I went on two auditions in my very first, my, my early days of being an actor. I got both shows. That's, that's, I got this show called Hardball, and then I got News Radio. Mm-hmm. Those are the two, oh, yeah. first two auditions that I ever went on. Yeah. I, never, I, didn't, I just got lucky. I mean, I got as fucking lucky as a person can get. Yeah. Part of it was because I didn't want to do acting. There so is I wasn't that. nervous about it. That is a thing. And also... I was coming from fighting, so I was right. used to like really being nervous. I was sure, used the to stakes being were so low yes. for you. <sighs> yeah, so I could go in there like, hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Right. Yeah, I was fine. Like, is this a kick in the nose? No, nope, yeah. then it's fine. Yeah, I'm not going to get a concussion and bleed out of my ears. Right. This, but this environment where you're always wanting to get picked, that's why everybody out here is fucking left wing. It's not even there. They're really left wing. No. They have to be. Yeah. You have to wear a pink pussy hat. You have to say, you know, all the things that you need to say. It, it, you're, you're literally formulating an act. And you bring that act into auditions. You bring that act onto the red carpet. That's why you're seeing these people like Harvey Weinstein who would donate to the Clinton campaign and, and d- do all this. What seemed to be like very left wing stuff. You know, and he was the darling of left wing. He's Miramax, which is like right. really kind of a progressive studio. Mm-hmm. People have thought. Meanwhile, it's just a house of sexual assault. Right? I mean, I think allegedly he, you can be a total pervert and have good politics, bad politics. I don't think, but that's not a pervert, right? There's a big difference between what he is and a pervert. Fine, He's a total a psychopath, right? Predator. Um, and it's interesting too because look, Donald Trump's a fucking. He's a, he's the worst. That being said. We're going out and we're attacking people. There are people like, I don't speak to my parents. They voted for Trump. And I'm like, cool. Well, when they're dead, you can, you can rethink that, those four years, you know? Yeah. And we out actors. Like, he's a Republican. Like, what are you doing? Well, some of them revel in it, right? Like James Woods. That guy is hilarious. He's on Twitter all day long fighting with liberals. Yeah, but he also was not of the best moral ground. Here's something interesting. Uh, on my book, there is a Weinstein logo. Uh, my book is the last one to be published. Get the fuck out of it. It's on the back. Or it's in the, oh, sorry, it's on the spine. Oh, um, my goodness. And what I've been likening it to, and I feel like the people, and now it's a shit. Like, they got absorbed. Weinstein Books was only two women. It wasn't, uh, like, a huge company. I'd never met him or anything. I liken it to, like, when your grandpa comes back from World War II and he brings back, like, a plate with a Nazi insignia on it. Like, because they had, <laughs> they made their own shit. Like, right. Nazis had, like, a whole home goods line. Um... And he brings that one thing back. That's what that book is like. Like one of the last ones mm. with the W. Now they don't have them anymore. Well, look, before this had happened, anybody would have done a Miramax movie. Sure. I mean, he was the guy. I mean, the fucking movies that they put together, they put together some of the greatest movies of all time. I think it's crazy. I think we're getting to a place now where we're realizing, oh, yeah, for every everything, there's an upside down. Every upside down world. There's, you know, Ooh, a like whole. Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. There's an underbelly. 
to everything. Every business you can think of, there is a seedy, horrible side of it with horrible people. And most of us choose to live in the light and think, think things are good. Every industry has that. And we're just at a place now where like we're kind of shaking it out and people are coming forward. But this has always existed and it's rampant in every right. business. Don't you think there's also there's like there's systems, right? And syst- systems of power where someone gets to a position where they have this massive amount of power, almost like royalty. Yeah. And what a guy like Harvey, Harvey Weinstein was essentially like a royal in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like he Hollywood had royalty. Massive power, mm-hmm. right? Massive money. All these people terrified of him, this big booming figure, mm-hmm. almost like a king that would cut your head off, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have that kind of power, it's such an unrealistic position to be in that I think it's human nature to exploit those unrealistic positions. That's why this Maureen O'Hara article is fascinating to me because this has always been the case. These unrealistic positions where someone has to get chosen. There's one person who has a billion dollars and makes a hundred movies a year and every and people have to be chosen to be the chosen ones to be in those movies so you have a whole ecosystem right. and then you have people that are depending on that ecosystem for their own survival and nobody even if they know something wants to say anything right. it's like well i didn't know well you can't be the first one and then get fired and then you're fucked right Absolute. that's what they're thinking they're sure probably- you don't want to be the first well that's the other thing right. You don't want to be first right. because Rose McGowan was talking about this stuff forever and they're like, whatever, she's crazy. Nobody wants, especially for women, nobody wants to listen to that woman. And historically, you know, like Monica Lewinsky, her life got wrecked yeah. and she was a young woman with the most powerful man in the world. And we love Bill Clinton and she gets called a whore, you know, so it, there's a paradigm shift where people are now speaking and in terms of like, if you're talking about exalting one position and someone getting chosen, that's shifting too. People are like, fuck it. I got a cell phone. I don't need your movie. Right. I have 8 billion followers on Instagram, you right. know? I'll just show my butt. I'll just show my butt. I'll just make a video about me eating pizza. <laughs> I'm relatable now. And so everything is shifting. Everything's shaking out. I don't think this is ever going to go away because if you're the kind of guy that does that, that's just something you're going to oh, do. I think you're wrong. Hmm. I think it's going away. I don't, I don't see how. Uh, I just don't think you can get away with it anymore. Well, it's for for sure going to get watered down. There's always going to be some amount of influence powerful people have that are in a position where they're choosing people. But you're implying that if you are that that kind of crazy where you're assaulting women, that you're choosing good over evil, you just do. If you're a predator, you prey on things. Right, but he couldn't do that when he was 20 and he didn't have any money. And he Nobody might have done it a different a way. Studio. You think so? He so might you have think done this it. is just who he is? I think sometimes it's who you are. So this whole, I went to rehab, I'm apologizing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen, I'm so sorry. It's like, it's who you are. And you can maybe stop, but that I do believe that that's, we like to think, oh, I'll just go, I'll go reflect for a little bit. Mm, I love that they have a rehab that they all go to. Give me a it's fucking in break. For a Arizona. Week. Give me a it's break. A, we can fix you. Is it Canyon Ranch? I don't know what it's no, called. It's not. I think <laughs> they go there with there. Kevin Spacey's there right now. They go for a week. But I will say, you know, <laughs> absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. So Dave Becky gave the whole, uh, gave, wrote a follow-up letter to Louis C.K.'s, which I thought was, it sounded very genuine. And there is something to, you know, we have these levels that you exist on, you know, and you can't be aware. I feel like I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, but 
You can't be aware of everything that's going on all the time. Some people think he was aware of it. But when you're dealing with these high-level deals and you're at a certain dollar amount and you're flying high above everyone else, you genuinely might not know what's going on, but you almost have a, a responsibility when you are that powerful and someone tells you something about your client to like maybe take it seriously. If I go on a Twitter rant, my manager calls. She's like, you're acting like a maniac. Right. Okay. But let's, let's follow that up then. What, what does one do? I don't know. So if someone is a Dave Becky and you think that this woman might be telling the truth. And I don't know what Louis said to, to Dave Becky, but we know that Louis told Mark Maron a lie. Because mm-hmm. Mark Maron talked about it on his podcast. And he said that he asked him, hey, man, are you jerking off right. girls? He said, no, I'm not. It's right. just a rumor. It's bullshit. He goes, why, why don't you just talk about this rumor? And he goes, I can't, you can't do that because then it'll give it credence. Which I guess I, I kind of understand if it wasn't true. But I, I don't think I have an answer. Is, yeah, I don't have one either. I definitely don't. I don't want to seem like I'm going one side or the other. It's disgusting and it's horrible. But there's also when you hear inklings of rumors, you hear like little things Everybody always says, like, when their kid ends up killing a bunch of people, they're like, I didn't know. And as the public, we're like, how could you not know? He exhibited X, Y, and Z. You know, he did all this. He had a gun in his room. He decapitated rabbits. How could you not know? Right. Maybe sometimes when you're too close to something and you don't want it to be true. Well, what about that Vegas shooter? Oh, my God. Like, that guy had nothing. He had no criminal background. Yeah. No one had any idea. He gave his girlfriend $100,000 she thought he was breaking up with her and she thought he was giving her money. Right. He was just giving her money to get by while he was going to murder 50 fucking people or 58 people and kill you himself. Can't apply rationale to an irrational thing. Right. I don't know. I, well, any sort of situation like that, school shooters. Did you see the um, most armed man in America piece that went out? No. Can you pull this up? There's a guy who's the this most armed lives man in Colorado. His last name is Bernstein. So as a Jew, I was like, why are we profiling the one Jew that's a gun nut? Great. Uh, he lives most armed, guy in America. most armed man. He has like $3 million worth of artillery. you got to watch this. He has several shooting Holy ranges. Holy shit, Bernie. But wait. Is that his name, Bernie? It's Bernie like Epstein Bernstein. or something. It's terrible. He's got tanks. He's got tanks. He's got flamethrowers. But so, so at first, dude. yeah, until, I do until you go him. in his house. Nope. Target. 3% of Americans Mel. own, Mel. according to a recent study, over 50% of guns. You probably fall into that group. Yeah. Why do you think so few people have such a large concentration of weapons? You get addicted to them. You know, it gets in your blood. We're driving up my property now, and uh, there's all kinds of warning signs, as you can see. If anybody comes on your property and threatens you with bodily harm, it's legal to shoot them. Colorado law. They should have Sounds that. Sounds like they my dad. Lie. This is one of the first signs they see this when they drive This guy was a registered Democrat. It says he's got old cars laid out with dolls, mannequins, blood all over them, and bullet holes all over the cars. Remember, you want to party with him. Yeah, you'll see. I do want to party with him. If if you're gonna listen, if we're just not a lot, just like one night. Should I tell you what happens at the end, or do you want to watch it? (laughs) Okay. What happens? He dies. No. What he talks about? They're like, so your wife uh, died. Oh, Jesus! He killed his wife. No. Look at this. He's got mannequins. He's got dolls. He has oh, yeah. mannequins dressed up in women's clothing. He changes their <laughs> underwear when oh, it gets cold boy. outside. Oh, Mel. And this guy is the most heavily armed man in America legally. And, uh, you know, we talk about machine guns and hot rods and, you know, stuff I like. Uh, I don't really care what you like because she never says nothing anyway. I'm real nice to him. When it gets cold, you know, in the winter, I even put underwear. He's got a New York accent. Yeah, he's a Jewish guy from, like, the Bronx or something. And he lives on a ranch in Colorado that's filled with bullets and guns. 
and, and mannequins. mannequins. And uh, he's got his own firewood. Uh, his wife died in an explosion. Uh, oh. But the way he described it, he's like, we were shooting a show, I think it was for like A&E. And the last day, some they were walking through smoke, and one of the smoke canisters turned into like a rocket. It just went through her. Oh, Jesus. He describes it as if I was describing what I had for lunch. He's like, it went through her, and they canceled the show, threw it all away. Not a tear, nothing about the wife. Jesus Just more Christ. like, yeah, and the show's over. It's a crazy clip. Whoa. That guy's probably waiting for someone to trespass. Like, please, oh, yeah. please, please. He's like putting out like chocolate and money <laughs> like on a, a string. And he's old too. So he's got like not much left. You know, how much time does he have left? What about his girlfriends? He's got a girlfriend, the mannequins you mean? The mannequins. Yeah. Do you, would you want to meet him and interview him? No. Oh. How about a show on Netflix called Eliza Interviews Psychopaths? <laughs> It's just all comics. Just you. It's all comics. Just me at the store. Just, just grabbing whoever walks by. Just you with this guy. You with like preppers. It would Look just it. be cut back to me just staring at him with my mouth open. What is all the soldiers in plastic? There's another video on another channel I found. He just loves mannequins. Oh, this guy's so creepy. Maybe he doesn't like people, and this is like how he sort of. There's a lot of house Holy tours. Holy shit. Look at the size of his fucking house. This He's got rocket right? launchers. This guy's. Where's he getting the money for all this I stuff? This I is think like, he sells guns too. Oh. To who? I don't know. I want to buy one of his guns. You can't contribute to this. Uh, it's too late. Yeah, he was like, in the last couple weeks, we've sold more guns <laughs> than we have the whole year. Well, here's the thing if this guy dies, where's all this fucking weaponry going? I just ISIS hope this is going to swoop in. And, <laughs> in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado is the wrong place to pull out a gun. Fucking everybody's armed. Yeah. Everybody's armed and now everyone's high. So you and got paranoid. two things. Yeah. He's got samurai swords. Jesus Christ. Was that what like are those cyanide? blow darts and shit? Oh. This fucking guy. Interesting character. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there like that in Texas. Texas is crazy. I grew up shooting not all the time, but we would go. My best friend's parents would do these um sort of not reenactment shootings, but they would dress up in period costumes, like late nineteenth century. And we would go out to the country and they would have these like little fake towns set up and it was like timed event shootings. And they all had names like Boy Named Sue and they had like their cowboy names. And you'd shoot and you'd win like an antique coin or something. But they would go and Mr. Hewitt had all the rifles and the guns. And What would you shoot at? Uh, you'd have, it was like p- targets. Like they, I remember one was like just the sort of outline of like a fake saloon town kind of mm. thing. And it's like timed. You try to get your targets and we would just drink dr pepper and watch but because i didn't and i shotguns a couple times it doesn't do much for me it's not my thing yeah I but don't he even, had a lot of them i don't even like hunting with them do you just i feel like you are so masculine that you see an elk you're like time me and you just run alongside it <laughs> tackle it by the neck and you just punch it into submission no you can't even get close to him no you okay shoot them you, you, they can't even know you're there oh really joe you yeah. can't you can't tackle an elk okay cool no, you can't you can't you might be able to tackle like a calf Oh, he's brand new. Baby cow elk. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear something crazy? Yes. A baby. Something else crazy, you mean. <laughs> a pony is not a baby horse. It's not? Isn't that crazy? What's a baby horse? A colt. A foal. A foal. What's a colt then? A horse. Oh, a colt is like a full grown horse. So a pony is like a type of horse? It's its own kind of horse. Isn't that crazy? Oh, see, I always thought a pony. That's right. I should know that. I love telling people that fact. Yeah. I should know that. Pony is not a baby horse. It registers. Yeah. Yeah. You knew it. Yeah. 
what is so a donkey? What's what's the difference between a mule and a donkey? One They're of the same them is thing. a no. One of them is a hybrid. A, one uh, of them is a hybrid between a horse. A donkey and a mule. is a horse, and a nope. A mule. I think a mule and a donkey are the same thing. Well, one of them is a hybrid, and it's non-viable. I know that. What do you mean non-viable? Meaning hybrids, a lot of hybrids can't breed. Oh, can't mate a with mule itself, is produced right. when you breed a male donkey with a female horse. Okay, that's it. No, it's okay. a mare. It's also an ugly type of shoe. <clears throat> a hinny, meanwhile, is a mule's an ugly kind of shoe? Yeah, for women. It's like a slip-on. Put that up. Pull it looks like up. a hoof. What the fuck's a mule Google shoe? Google mule shoe. <laughs> By the way, so many of your fans who like live in rural areas are like, I can't believe these people don't know. Yeah, <laughs> these fucking idiots. Look at that. Ugh. It's just ugly. Uh, but Not that you, one, but but if, but if you're really hot, you could pull that off. Guys don't give a fuck. They don't give. But like, that's a like, hoof. That's that's a that does seem like a satanic sort of a thing. Yeah, like your part goat. Yeah. It's not even cloven. The reason why I know this is because uh, we got mule cum for Fear Factor. It's oh cheaper. To make people drink mule cum because mule cum doesn't really become anything. It's just, it's not good. How did you say that on the show? <sighs> mule emissions? I think we said sperm. Oh my God. I think we said sperm. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't my idea. That's what got the show canceled, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the few people in show business that has a show canceled because we made people drink cum. I think the only one, maybe ever. I feel like there's a lot more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is probably some behind the scenes. Yeah, stuff. behind off camera. There's no way they drank as much. Guarantee you that. All right, one minute. Jerk they off call this it mule. Juice on the video on YouTube. Oh, donkey mule juice. juice. Yeah, mm, juice. Interesting. Well. Yeah, that's it. This is what girls have to go through. Yeah. Well, that was what's interesting. What they could choose between cum and urine. You had to drink like a, a vat of urine and a vat of uh, cum. Yeah. And. Um, a lot of the girls chose the cum over the urine. Because at least we, it's a similar beast. You've been there before. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't want to watch any this, of that. This was ah! back in the day. Yeah. Amazing. I love her running eyeliner. That's how the show got canceled right there, ladies and gentlemen. Couldn't that kill you? Nah, I think we- Drinking urine? You're fine. No, urine is nothing. Really? Urine is just like You can only drink your own urine, water. I think, eight times. I love that she's got a <laughs> hangy... Times. It's like doing acid. Doing it more than eight times, you become insane. Is that true? No, no, no. Oh. No, it's, it's a fact about drinking. You can only drink... <laughs> if you're, like, stranded, you can only drink your urine a certain amount of times before it becomes toxic. Did you read about those two women that got... A, they got stuck at sea for, like, five months with their dog... No. Yeah. Did they eat the dog? No, no, they didn't okay. eat the dog. They had like a year's supply of food on, oh. on the boat. But apparently it's falling apart. The story's falling apart. And now people don't even believe they were really stranded as long as they were. Like apparently people were suspicious right away because they were too well kept. Yeah. So, and then now their story, what I've been reading, and I should, shouldn't really comment on it until I see if you could find out I don't know how much of how much it's fallen apart because I was reading something about how it continues to fall apart the story continues to, like they might have just pretended to be at sea for five months because you would eat that that you would eat that dog also like you might not if you have a year supply of food like, true okay right you can have those like Alex yeah. Jones supplies those fucking buckets that Jim Baker pushes have you ever seen that yeah, like the end times yeah. thing yeah American uh, Woman Rescued uh, stick with their story you would say the same thing I did. Okay, hmm. well, there's an easy way to fact check this. Like, the, what the, port did you leave? Like, who was the last right, person you saw? Right. I guess they're having some issues. There's some people that think it's bullshit. They claim daily distress calls were unanswered. 
and at one point tiger sharks bumped against the boat. Uh, might be real. Well, you can fact check those are stress calls. See if tiger sharks live in that area. They do. Okay. Yeah, th- that's around Hawaii. That's where they Airtight were. Airtight alibi. That's one of the one of the real problems with Hawaii is tiger sharks. Tiger sharks are one of the most aggressive of sharks, and they get people all the time. I think second only to bull sharks. What does it say? Indicating so the, if they had like an emergency beacon that if they <clears throat> would have activated it would have alerted this coast guard that would have been found really fast. But they didn't. But they for but some they reason didn't. didn't. Maybe there they was, didn't know about it. NASA said there was no storms recorded on satellite images uh, that would have, I guess, supposedly also is what they said caused their disappearance. Hmm. Um, Eliza likes to stick yeah. up for girls, though. Notice that? I have not read the story. I'm just looking I mean, at these. The you know what I was girls. honestly thinking? What? No, I was just like, of course the two lesbians have like a giant dog. Ah, like, of course that, I don't, I'm assuming. One of them's like 46, one of them's 25, so I think they're probably lesbians. Who knows? But like, that's it's such like, a lesbian. Like, he's yeah. a pit mix, but we love him. Yeah, because like the big disparity in age, that's like the difference between like a guy with a yacht and his hot girlfriend. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe she, he's, she's her instructor. You know what I love most about lesbian couples is what? that there's almost always like a male and a female. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Well, but a my, lot of the time. My uh, my best friend and her wife. So obviously they're married. And yeah, so your best friend's lesbian. My best friend's lesbian. You are so diversified. So progressive. <laughs> um, but she, we've known each other since we were three, and so she is. Did you know she was a lesbian when she was three? Uh, no. Did she dated like the quarterback in, well, in high school. Like that's probably what ruined her. I think she kind of just figured it out. I mean, he was oh. a psychopath. But um, so they're married and they want to have a baby. And Michelle, sorry, Michelle. Uh, oh shit! You gave bo- her name up. We're both Jewish. We're white. She's half my body weight. She's the tiniest and kind of sickly. She has like plantar fasciitis. She's got her own issues, right? So she wants to carry the baby, and her wife is American but Dominican and like strong. She's like, but I want to carry the baby. I'm like, no, 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 no. Our people have like Tay-Sachs and, and, uh, and uh, like a, just diseases like passed down. It's like a Jewish thing. It's like a genetic permutation that only like Jewish babies get. But the point is Jews have to deal with that. I'm like, her people are given birth left and right and going back to work the same day. They don't carry the baby. Yeah. I'm like trying to encourage her. I'm like, let, let the other one do it. Yeah. She's like, no, I just want to, I want to go through it because she's. The, I guess the, if you had to dad. pick one. Yeah. She's the boy. But Michelle wants to do it. And I'm like, you're going to mm. get snapped in half. You're going to shit yourself <laughs> and you're going to just be a puddle of Jewish skin and bones. Ooh. Let the other one do it. Are you going to have babies? I was thinking about that. So I'm getting, I'm getting married in May. And then I was talking to. Your boyfriend's a very nice guy. Thank Her, you. Fiance. He loves character. you. He loves coming to the store. He's and a good dude. He's a good guy. And I was just like, I guess. I was like, we'll get married. We'll go on a honeymoon. I was like, I guess we have a baby. I was happy when you got him. Yeah. So I was like, finally, one's going to one. stick. This one's going to stick. After I get you rid told of them. The, the Yale story and uh, that one. That was, that, was so, that was like three years ago. That was quite a while ago. That was a great story, though. Thank but you. But when you brought him around, I was like, well, I don't want to be too friendly with him. Because you don't want to like, warm up. It's like war. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the new guy might get shot. Mm-hmm. But then after a couple months, I was like, hey, you're still here. What's up, man? And then we became more and more friendly. Yeah. And, uh, you're like, I don't want to be cool to this guy. She might get rid of him. Now every time I see him, I hug him. Yeah. <laughs> He loves you. He loves seeing. He loves watching all the comedy. He just—he's a fan of comedy anyway, not in a weird way, but like he listens to your podcast. I think it's cool for him, and he's super supportive. But I was like, I guess we just have a baby. Like, mm, well, I guess you do that. You're viable. I don't know how many more years you got. I don't. What kind of a qu- I don't know. How many I'll eggs just check you got my left. stat card. Did you get an X-ray? I don't have. I only have don't one. Don't X-ray your eggs. You cook them. I have one big egg. One giant one, like an ostrich. Egg. I keep it in the back. <laughs> 
have yourself a little gladiator baby, like some strongman baby. I've always wanted that. Do you think you'll have a boy or a girl? Do you have a feeling? Can I say this? Yes. So I had a nose job when I was 18, and which is why it's so tiny. That's why your nose is so tiny? Mm-hmm. What did your nose used to look like? It had a little bit of a bump. It oh, there are worse but things. They didn't shrink your nostril holes. No, I always had small nostril holes. Yeah, they can't shrink that no. down. So you just got rid of the bump. Rid of the bump. Um, it's I talk about it in the book. It's not like a huge revelation. I'm Jewish, like we do this. But he's half Italian, half Jewish, and he's got a big nose. And I remember looking at it the other day, and I was like, our kid had better be fucking brilliant or amazing at sports. Because if a girl has a combination of our noses, I don't, it's over for her. Mm. So interesting. Fingers crossed. That she gets someone else's nose. Maybe by the time you guys decide to have babies, CRISPR will be totally dialed in. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to get a nice little Christy Brinkley nose out of that. Yeah. Oops. Maybe we'll have, it'll be an app at that point. Yeah. Or if it's a dude, a big nose just gives you like character. Big nose for a dude is fine. Yeah. And I'm praying because he's very tall. If it's a girl, maybe she's just like a brilliant athlete and then it's like, who go. cares? There right. But it's probably yeah. not going to happen. Uh probably just be kind of funny and who smart. the fuck knows who knows who that's knows? The, the interesting thing about having children that i found is that they come out of the box their own little mind mm-hmm. their own little personality you just kind of nurture that personality along the way but you know my two youngest daughters could not be different yeah they're so similar to each other well they're they're so dissimilar rather to each other yeah, yeah. that happens my yeah. brother and i are i don't mean we're he's from the planet zeputar and we just uh I don't know. It's just Same the with my to... sister and I. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, it's a weird combination of, like we were talking about nurture and nature. And do you, but see, the thing is about a woman having a baby. Go on. Is uh, that you, especially as a comic, it would be much more difficult for you to do the road. I think, I think, I don't know anything about it. I don't know, you know, I know that I work out a lot. And so obviously the more mobile and healthy you are, it's easier. Uh, You know, there's a couple months where you can't, but there's also a couple months of the year where I don't do the road anyway. Like, I think I could tailor the schedule around it. And you certainly could because you're successful. Yeah. Because you make enough money to hire help and hire people to help you when you travel. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know, but your whole life change. I think about that a lot. Uh, you know, it's at night, it's 10 o'clock, I'm like, let's go grab dinner. Right. You know, you can't... Can't do that. Do that. Um, so, I don't know. I guess that's like the next step, but... You just adjust your life. Yeah, It becomes fine. so much... It, it becomes very strange. Like, hanging out with your own kids, is, it's, it's very odd. Because the love that you feel for them is so intense and so weird. Yeah. It's like this, this warm, cuddly love... But it's it's also like while you're doing it, you're, you're you're cuddling with your kid, you know, talking with them. And while you're talking with them, for me at least, I'm like, I can't even believe you're real. Yeah. Like, I can't even believe this is a daughter. Like, I have a daughter. And, and you're in charge of her, her forever. Yeah, and we're talking. Yeah. And she's like, well, what do you think about that? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think about that? And we're having a little conversation. I think it'd be that. weird that they're thinking at all. You're like, oh. you were just a puddle of mush. Yeah. So I don't know, but I'm open to... I think a big problem in our society is that we expect women, like, you've got to have this career, have this body, have this family. But why do we do that? We do that is because that, it's always been that way. But who is we, right? Society. Like, this group, right? But how many people do that? How many people do expect you to have all these things? I think it's a projection. And obviously, when you get down to it, nobody cares what you actually do. But it's what's put out there as what looks like happiness. And I even talk about this because I never... I'm not trying to pretend like what I'm saying is something I'm thinking about right now. I've thought about it. I wrote about it. It You do have to do this digging to be like, what does my happiness actually look like? And it might not be 
the cookie cutter image that is kind of put on all of us. Like I have a very weird job, but if I couldn't do this job, I would, I would be the saddest person. Mm. Like stand up comedy gives me the most joy. And, uh, that is a huge – I'm, you know, in a relationship with that, and I have to factor everything sort of around it. Yeah. Until I have a kid, and then who knows? <sighs> yeah. Or don't have one. It does change – I mean, I hate to, to say it, Louis C.K. gave me great advice once oh my God. when it came to having a kid, which is very odd. But he said, uh, let it change you. And I don't know Louis very well. I should say this, too, because people yeah. – somebody, somebody has given me a hard time about not commenting on it. And my, my thought was like, first of all, I want to gather my thoughts. Absolutely. And second of all, I don't know him that well. No. I don't even have his phone number. I've never had a phone call conversation with him. I've had a, We've exchanged emails maybe three times ever. Ever, and he and I have run into each other at clubs and yeah. said hi. We've never gone out and hung out together. I'm not good friends with them. Yeah. So when all this was going down, it's not like I had information. Like if Joey Diaz did something fucked up and people wanted me to comment, first of all, I would never say anything bad, no matter what Joey Diaz did. Sorry, that's just the way it is. If there's just no way around it. If you knew he raped someone, this is horrible. People are going to grab I, the sound bite. So, so sorry that he did that. But when, you know, I mean, I, I would never, I would never throw him under the bus. You know what I'm saying? I think I mean, there's, like, there's bus throwing and then there's bus throwing. There's a comment after sort of condo- right. condemning it. And then there's, of course, like there was a guy who was in that movie, uh, baby driver. Um, and he, after, Kevin Spacey? no, it was like an, like a, the fourth, eighth lead or something. And he went on some show and just went off about Kevin. And so everyone's and like. It was like it looked like a way to get attention. Like, yeah, when I was on set, he didn't seem that cool, and it was so much in retrospect. Oh, but isn't that the guy that's from the Walking Dead, the Punisher guy? I don't know. Isn't that him? I just saw that. Yeah, I when, think it's that guy who's pretty successful. He's he's the new Punisher in that Netflix. It show. just seemed very like bandwagon jumping mm-hmm. when the Louis C.K. thing happened. I can speak from the perspective of a woman who's seen this kind of stuff. I don't know. I've brought him up twice at the store. That's my knowledge of him. Right. But you get these emails from like the New York Times or. Like, hey, if you have anything you want to say or if you know any other Whoa. things. I'm like, I don't. What do you know? And I don't want to attach myself. Right. I don't want to be like, I didn't want to be part of that story just for the sake of it. Right, right. Because then you look like a fame whore. Well, that's also the problem. Like, you get caught up in something where you, you become inexorably connected to yeah. this awful event and you didn't do anything. Sure. Yeah. So Joey didn't do anything. It was just. It's, it's like, I, not Joey. Joey, b- b- oddly enough. As crazy as Joey is, he's a very gentle person. He's a giant. He's he's Puerto Rican. He's Cuban. Sorry. Giant Cuban teddy bear. He is, right? Because he seems so tough and he loves saying cocksucker, but he is just, he's like, he's just so kind and he's got these eyes like a whale. Like they're just ancient and big, like camel (laughs) eyelashes. He's got these like lovely eyes and and he smiles at you like a toddler. I love him. He's the best. I exchange emails with him maybe once every three or four years. We've texted each other maybe 10 times ever. Mm-hmm. All only phone calls. Calls me every couple of days. What's up, Aww. cocksucker? What are you doing, brother? What's going on? He, he wants to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, Joey wants to talk to you. If I ever, ever text him, it's because I have to send an address to him. You know, he's got to like put it in his navigation system. Yeah. That's it. He he calls you. He's lovely. Yeah, he's he's a beautiful person. <laughs> yeah, it's and and you know he he and I were talking about this whole Louis C.K. thing. He was like, you know, he goes, you know what's fucking crazy? He was like, I held somebody at gunpoint. 
He goes, I went to jail. <laughs> he goes, he goes for armed fucking kidnapping. And everybody's like, ah, you were crazy. <laughs> but he goes like, this is the kind of thing. Ah, you were crazy. This is the kind of thing that sticks because mm-hmm. he did it to one of us, right? right? Like if you in our world, like we are all the same. We are all the same thing. I mean, there's going to be some weird pettiness and bullshit, and there's going to be some prejudices, and there's going to be some individuals that are not supportive. But overall, amongst the good eggs, yeah. amongst the ones that you and I associate with, we are all we all consider each other the same thing. We we understand each other's hearts, and we know how hard it is, and what it's like, and we all know that it's us. Even though the audience is our friends, it's us versus them. It's the club versus, you know, you're trying to do a job and we know exactly what this very weird job entails. And we know the way the other person thinks. Like we have fucked up thoughts. Yes. And it's okay to admit these thoughts to each other. And that's a very special bond. And you can't just be like, I'm a comic. I get it. Like you have to kind of earn it. And there's a respect there. And so it's what he did is deplorable. And it was with other comics. And I feel bad because... I feel bad because everybody gets so angry at women. They're like, why now? And I'm like, because there's safety in numbers and no one would listen before. But people knew. They knew. Some people knew. They knew to a degree. Like I knew. To a degree. I knew the girl's names, but I didn't know if it was true. It was a rumor. Right. You don't know. And you don't want to be the one that's running out there like with a lit torch and you're wrong. No, this is going to sound fucked up, but I'm going to take a chance with it anyway. Have you put yourself like... I put myself in Harvey Weinstein's brain. Not really. But I sat down and I tried to think, like, what, what, what would this guy, like, how would his brain work? Is he just, like, like, lost in the throes of the addiction of power and sex and this chase of getting all these uh, superstars to suck his dick, which is apparently what a lot of them did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to women that know people in the business and it was like negotiating tactic. Like yeah. he would give them roles if they did. And he always followed up. He always honored his word. I always wondered about that. Yeah. He I always wondered did, like, apparently. how do you ensure someone gives you the part? I don't know. I mean, he had a reputation for doing it. You know, the, the, the contract thing that he had, do you know the thing? No. Oh, his contract with, with Miramax, with the Weinstein group or whatever oh, it is. Oh, it was like a sexual harassment, yes. like a clause. Yeah. They like covering it, up too. But mm-hmm. they had it like in tiers. Yeah. Like one would be worth two fifty. Because they knew. Two would be, fucking crazy. Because they knew. I mean, that yeah. is, if that's not complicit, then what is? But have you, yeah. have you tried to put yourself into Louis C.K.'s brain? N- yes and no, because I definitely have had this thought. I think when you get to a certain level, and I see, there's he, a. He wasn't at that level then. This is the thing. True, and he did a poly- and it was a long time ago. Yeah. Let me fine. Forget the level. I've found with a lot of male comics, there's a certain like a lot of perverts, whatever. There's a certain set of blinders. Like I can do whatever I want. There's almost like a lack of accountability. You show up drunk or high or fucked up, and they're like, "Oh, he's so creative." It's a certain allowance we give. To men and then people when they get famous. Like you Girls can do whatever you want. I, I pride myself. I'm always on time. I don't show up anywhere drunk. Like I just take it a little bit more seriously because I know I have to work a little bit harder. Whether being a girl helps or not at times, it just depends on the day. I do think that there's a lack of awareness about other people. And I do think at a certain level, there is a mindset of like, because I've seen this in lower tiered comics, she doesn't matter. What I say to you when I call you a bitch or a piece of shit or I harass you, 
you don't matter. Because you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not talented enough. You don't matter. And I do, I've seen this, and I'm not going to go into names. I've heard things that other women will confide in me that men say to them. I remember starting at the store, things that were said to me by men who probably don't remember they said it. Because there's like a cavalier just, I'll just say it, fucking whatever. I hurt, I want her to hurt. Fuck you, you're a bitch, your body's disgusting, you don't matter. Your body is disgusting. That's the that's the weird one, right? Like I hurt, so I want her to hurt. There's a comic at the store. All the guys are friends with. All he's, of them? Me? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. We'll talk. Uh, he's not there a ton anymore. He was definitely he was definitely like a fixture there in the early years when I was there. I we were at another comic's house for a party. I was standing there and he walked up to me. I didn't say a word. He said something rude to a girlfriend of mine because he was hitting on her and that didn't go well. And he just looked at me and he went. You better keep working out because your body's not going to look like that forever. And I was like, hi. And the only other thing he ever said to me was uh, like 10 years later, he yelled at me because I brought my dog to the store. (laughs) Whose body does look like that forever? But also like stupid thing to say. Stupid. And it's so it's meant to for me to be like, why did you say that? We should go fuck. That will help. And it did. Does that have does that work? It must work on the most depraved girls. And he just picked the wrong one. But of course. But but. Doesn't does that work on like the girls with the lowest self-esteem? Does that ever work? It must. It must or they might think it works or you engage and then it turns out. Oh, he's a nice guy. I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those. Hey, you should smile like it never works. But so but many it assholes might, do it. I think it's more of like, I don't know how to, to talk. So you start with that. And then the girl's like, I was smiling. And he's like, oh, OK. Well, and it's just like an opening. Right. For someone who's not as articulate. An awkward opening from. I was. um. I'm not going to say the state, so we'll just say it was California, but it wasn't. I was, I was headlining a club. Um, this was years and years and years ago because the club is not that great. And there was a guy who was opening for me. And it's weird. My power dynamic is different because I'm the headliner. I've never told a guy he has to, like, sleep with me to get a gig or something like that. And I went. It'd be hilarious if you did. Oh, my. Just, like, licking my puss left yeah. and right. Eat my box. Um, okay, I did it once. Okay, so... He was the opener, and he was like, oh, can I show you around? Which, as the opener, behooves you like to be nice to the headliner. Sure. Like, If I like you, I have plenty of friends that I just take with me because they were cool. Um, so we like hung out. We got coffee. We just, he showed me around his like shitty city. And then on that Saturday night, I had like a friend in town. It was like a guy. And I left with him. We all went to a bar, and I left with the guy that I was friends with. And this comic lost his shit. Started sending me texts like, how could you? I spent all this time with you. Do you know who I am? Like, just losing it. And I'm like, and I left. I was out of the city. I was going somewhere else. And he's harassing me. And I contacted a friend of ours. It was a mutual friend. And I was like, you better check your boy. Like, what is his problem? He's like, no, he's a good guy. He's my friend. Like, did nothing to defend me. And this guy's just, like, spewing this vitriolic garbage at me. I think sober. But you could be right. I don't know. And the other day I was at the improv and this piece of shit was the host and I was like closing the show out and I hadn't seen him in years and I wasn't about to give him the satisfaction or anything and I go on and he bombed, he died a thousand deaths and I was just sitting there watching and I know that he knew that I was there and he knew what he had done. So he felt like shit? Felt like shit. And then he was on stage. I'm not, I can't tell the rest of it, it doesn't matter, but he like left his phone on stage and I made him come back up and get it. I was like, hey. He was calling himself, like, he had, like, a cool nickname for himself. And I called him back, and he had to, like, come get his phone. And then I fucking wrecked it. But it was more like you thought I was nobody. You thought you could treat me like that. 
But why did he think that if he was the opening act? Because he probably thought I didn't deserve it or he's a crazy person or because I was in his city. But I had never seen behavior like that exhibited by someone who was opening for me. But it was just like – So that's just male, female shit. That's like he was courting you. He thought that you He got mad that I left with someone else. He thought that you and him were hanging out and that you liked him. It was eventually going to lead to – him banging the chick of one last comic standing. And this might have even been before. I mean, it had been really? after it. Yeah, no, it had been after. Uh, and I'm sure that girls... It had to be if you were headlining, It was after, right? for sure. But I'm sure that girls, like, I've heard, you know, male friends of mine are like, yeah, I fuck all my openers. You know, like, guys do that. I've never had the luxury. Seems uh, like a bad practice. Seems like a super gross practice, but I think a lot of guys do it. It just doesn't seem smart. I always tell guys to not, well, I should never say don't fuck other comedians because like Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky, they're great. That worked out. That worked out. Like Moshe Kasher and Natasha mm-hmm. Leggero, that worked out. I think it either works out splendidly or is a nightmare. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, th- one thing would be that the person would understand what you do because very few people do. I think. And I would think as a girl, it's got to be hard when you're the funny one. Like, if you're the funny one and you're dating a guy and maybe they're, well, you're, you see, that's the thing is your fiance is so chill. Yeah. Like. He's so funny yeah. too, but he doesn't need attention. But he doesn't attention. need any attention. So that's the, that's the dynamic there. Yeah. Is one of us, you know, and I don't really seek it out outside of stand up. I'm not. Well, you get it out loud. of the way. Yeah. You get it out of your system. And I don't want to be greedy about it. And sometimes you don't know, you know, you don't know, you start dating someone, then you realize, oh, they can't handle this. Oh, they're right. jealous. But it takes a minute. And with comics, it's interesting. You rarely see a super successful female comic with like a guy that's like middling at the chuckle bucket. Never. Never. Can you think of one? I don't know any of them. I don't know any like headliners that fuck their opening acts Mm-mm. that are girls. No. And I mean. Maybe they do. Maybe I just boss- don't know. It's cool if they do. Is it cool? You like I it? mean, that's cool. I think that's turn cool. Of events. Yeah, let them know. Yeah, flip the script. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What but, was it like? Just to get back to the business of comedy. What was it like headlining after three years? Because I did a little bit of that, but I, I had um, I had a manager who was like a really good. I, when I, I got my manager when I was about three years in, mm-hmm. and I headlined a bunch of places where I really did not deserve. Yeah, like he got me a bunch of gigs, and I but I didn't have any pressure on me the way you did winning Last Comic Standing. I was just sort of just starting out. So you go on this tour right after a Last Comic Standing tour. Yeah, and you're I think oh my god, it couldn't have been doing that much time because there was like four of us. Okay, so I just close it out. Um, how much time you think you're doing? Twenty. I, I, I want to say fifteen twenty. Right. You know, and so you finish that, and it's interesting because you win something like that, and it's like, okay, figure it out now. Right. Sink or swim, and some people sink, some people swim after winning that show. Most and sank. Most sank, and I. That being said, you get some of these guys already had careers, like John Heffron was Alonzo Bowden, like they're good, right? And they were fine, and they and they they do fine. Um, as well, I remember, they're so solid those yeah. guys, both those guys. I just kind of scraped together what you have, even on the tour. I don't know if I was always the best one of the night, but people are still there to see you or their favorite ones. So you're just coming from this sort of scared, but also you have confidence, but also humble place of like, I hope that I can stretch this. It's enough. And so you have about 45 minutes, at least I did when you were done, when uh, when you're ready to headline. And I think that's a lot of the energy that I put toward it was like, I'm just going to talk really, really fast. That way, if you don't laugh, it doesn't matter. You don't know you didn't laugh because I got another joke right here. Right. And that... 
has sort of become a style for now. Now it's not about a fear. It's more of I'm so excited to talk. We did, um, me and some other comics did this Ray Romano charity event a couple weeks ago. And Mark Maron was on it with me. And we went downstairs to watch Ray to kind of hear what the crowd sounded like. And so he was doing well. And Mark turns to me. This is the funniest thing ever. And he goes, they're fine. I go, yeah, they're good. He goes, you'll be fine. I go, yeah. He goes, just do what you always do. Steamroll over the crowd. Don't wait for applause. Do your voices and get off stage. And I almost cried from laughing. Because it was like no one ever breaks my balls like that. And it's true. I do that. And that's from that competitive situation. Like that sort of energy. Yeah. Well, you have that hard, hard ass exterior. So I don't think a lot of people take a chance <laughs> on breaking your balls, you know? Which is a shame because I think it's like the best way to show that you love someone. And it's mm. the best way to know that somebody loves you is if they do that, you can tell the intention. You well, know? That's, that shield also keeps you from getting harassed by creeps too. They don't think they can get away with it. Maybe, and that's Maybe. fine. I think so, for sure, right? I mean, I'm sure you've been harassed, but I think if you were more vulnerable, you'd probably been harassed more. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you try not to give people a chance. You know, you're at a meet and greet after, you're seeing your fans. and Oh, especially after. I was talking about with other comics, but yeah, after, for sure. Oh, with other comics. I think with other comics, I, you know, you win the show three years in, and then so you're at like a certain level, kind of a level all by myself. I didn't have a lot of other women I related to because no one else was out there that I, I didn't know any other women. Right. It, you're kind of lonely out there. Um, and so I would look up to people like you and I consider myself a colleague of yours now. But at the time, I was just like, what? How do I? You're so much higher than me, you know? Um, and I didn't know you. I didn't know any of these guys. So it's just, I don't know. I don't think any of the comics would step to me because they were you're not around comics a lot. I don't even remember when we met. I think I knew we knew each other. Like it took time. I was always at the store, but I mean, it, I think it was just. I think you were around though in the days that I wasn't at the store. Like yeah. what, what year did you win last comic standing? 2008. Yeah. See, I wasn't there then. Yeah. You weren't there. Yeah. But obviously everyone knew who you were. It's weird. I was talking to like Steve Simone about this. Like there are people, you know, your whole career, but you may not start talking to them. Until recently, and then it's as if you were always friends. Yeah. So now I consider myself like an upperclassman there. I'm also, I really try to just be kind to the other comics, door guys, younger comics. I always give, and you're like this too, give someone the time of day. If you're going to be respectful and nice, I have no problem giving it back. Yeah, Um, well, a lot of those door guys, like guys who started out as door guys, Duncan and Ari are two of my best friends. They're both door guys. A lot of people started as door guys. Jessica Wellington is the only girl. And I have her come feature for me. She did my show last night. That's the kind of girl that needs a chance because she is like in a boys club within a boys club. How's that work? What do you mean? She's a door <clears> guy. <throat> she's a girl. So it's all oh, dudes. I get it. And she's at, a sto- at the store. Um, and I was like, someone needs to be nice to this girl. It's a fucking <laughs> shitty job. It's tough. Yeah. But you're around comedy all the time. I mean, you're, you're at the World Series of Comedy on a daily basis. I mean, imagine you're, you're a cover booth person. And you get a chance to sit there and watch some of the best shows. Holy shit, Dave Chappelle just showed up. Holy yeah. fuck. And you're sitting there from that cover booth watching Dave Chappelle. And he brings most deaf on stage with him or something right. like that. I mean, that, that shit happens there all the time. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's bringing up Chris Rock. Ah! Yeah. Your fucking head's ready to explode. And, I mean, there's, uh, there's a reality of working there that doesn't exist anywhere else. You go over to the Laugh Factory. 
<laughs> you know, you ain't getting that fucking reality. Cool. It's UCLA stand-up comic showcase night. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> that place can burn. Um, <laughs> I get very protective. I told you. Wait, you know, you know why I say that, right? You know about this, right? Well, there's a bunch of shit. I could tell you things, too. Yeah, I'm Let's, banned from there. Yeah. I am banned from the Laugh Factory, a club that I've been a regular at forever. I've told you the story. I won't repeat it if yeah. I told it to you. you. Well, you told it to me, but... We it's don't fine. need to throw no, the factor into the no. bus. I started going there under the idea that I should support the club because I don't want it to go under. And then because I don't want it to go under. Yeah. That's so sad. Well, I, I found out they record all your sets. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I get you know the store is. I always say that the comedy store, the OR in particular, is like an abusive boyfriend. Like, you're like, this hurts. Oh, my God. And then when you don't go for a while, you're like, I need you. Yeah. I need this. It's like it's Stockholm Syndrome. Weight training. Yeah. It's like doing a set with a giant weight vest on. It's like swinging with two bats. Yeah. But and sometimes it's great. Like, if you can, if you can compete or hang, rather, in that environment, oh. you can go anywhere else, you'd be killing. It's so true. And, you know, you get comics that kind of get the vibe of the store from a couple years ago when it wasn't the friendliest place. And it has that reputation. But I take great solace in knowing that, like, my home is an intimidating environment. And I love whatever space I've carved out there and I don't take it for granted and I try to respect the shows and respect the audience and, you know, I'm so proud to be a store comic. It's not the kindest of lovers all the time. It's not always the most supportive, but I'm very proud of that upbringing because that store made me the comic that I am, that OR, you know, um, the main room where it's all Swedish tourists and you're like, you guys not want me to talk? And it just makes you, so you can go anywhere and comic shit on it and I'm like, you just sound jealous. Because you can't hang. Who shits on the store? All the time. All the time. Oh, those I don't like the store. comics? I, I didn't say that. It's just or regular comics. You did. It's just they, they don't like weak. it. It's because they don't like bombing. But anybody, you make fun of something that you're afraid of. Yeah. Well, then there's things to make fun of just because they suck. Bombing but. there feels so good, though. <laughs> like It's like pushing into a bruise. You're like, yes, I need this. Oh, Ugh. wow. Interesting. Well, you've got a good attitude about it. I still do the improv. I'm doing the improv tonight. Yeah. Improv's cool. Yeah. The store's got, it's like there's something about it, though. Yeah. There's a grittiness to it, and I'm very proud of it. And the improv's never been anything but lovely to me. It was the first club They're I great. got cast at. It's still a great club. And the I comedy wish they'd union? take that fucking stupid piano off the stage. Oh, my God. And they seat people behind it. Behind the fucking piano. I apologize to those people every time. I'm like, I, someone send them a drink because you can only see my feet. And what if you have to do something physical, and you're doing it behind the piano? Wait, so for the one time Owen Benjamin drops in, we have a whole piano? Exactly. That's what I told Owen. I said, you need to bring your own fucking piano. You and Craig Robinson. Bring a keyboard, yeah. asshole. Yeah, what the fuck? It's just like one of those old school things that nobody ever got rid of. I think, I mean, there's a lot of Maybe things that- Maybe we could that, talk them into it. You think that would, be, luck. that would change the world? What are you going to send the email to? Make the club way better. I, I know people. I got some email addresses I could send you. We'll have to talk about this <laughs> offline. <laughs> we got to talk about a bunch of things offline. I, I need to remember all the different people that said fucked up things to you that you don't want to say. I have a name on the tip of my tongue. I'm going to say it the second we turn <laughs> it off. I can't wait. Let's wrap it up now. <laughs> um, so your book. Let's, we can wrap it up now. Um, Eliza Schlesinger, Girl Logic, avail available right now. Probably the last Harvey Weinstein approved book ever. Yeah. Right? I wrote you something on the Did book. you? Yeah. I won't read it then. It's very small. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to tear up. Please buy my book. 
Europe? Go buy her book, you fucks. And uh, go see her on tour. She's very funny. And where are you at? Where can people um, get your tour dates and all I'm that I'm on jazz? tour nonstop. So go to Eliza.com. And we just announced my fourth Netflix special is going to be on the USS Hornet Ooh. off the coast of San Francisco in the Bay, You're gonna February 23rd. You're going to do a, a stand-up special on a boat? On an aircraft carrier. Holy shit. We announced it today. That's badass. Have yeah. you ever done that before? Have you ever performed on a I have aircraft carrier? I did on the SS Stennis in the, in the Persian Gulf on a USO tour. So Holy shit. I stole the idea. That's a great idea to do a special there. Whoa, are you going to wear like red, white, and blue bikini? I think I might just wear a white bodysuit or a camo bodysuit. Camo. Now I'm talking. Right? I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. Thank you, Liza. Thanks, Joe. We'll see you tomorrow, you fucks. Bye. I don't know why I always say please give it up. It's like I'm bringing someone on stage. I hope you guys enjoyed that like I did. I had a wonderful time. And um, I liked talking about things. She she gave a, a balanced female perspective I think. I hope you do, too. Uh, Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Joe to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Thank you to stamps.com. Never go to the fucking post office again. Dun, dun, dun. Go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in J-R-E. That's stamps.com. Enter J-R-E and you can get this four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. It's an amazing service, ladies and gentlemen. Amazing. And last but not least, we are brought to you by LegalZoom. Go to LegalZoom right now. Get your shit together. They can help you grow your business. And when you go to LegalZoom.com, make sure you use the code ROGAN in the referral box at checkout to save yourself some cash. That's LegalZoom.com and use the code word ROGAN. Tomorrow, the great and powerful Brian Regan will be here. I love that dude. He's awesome. He's hilarious. And he will be here tomorrow. Uh, Then on Thursday, Dan Carlin, the host of Hardcore History, the greatest fucking history podcast in the history of the known universe. See what I did there? I double historyed you. Um, Right up there with Daniel Bellelli's. They're so close. It's almost impossible to discern the difference. Uh, But that, again, is on Thursday. Okay? And then Friday, I'll see you fuckers in Denver. Denver, two shows Friday night. Oh, shit. I can't wait. And then Saturday night, Phoenix, the Comerica Theater is sold the fuck out. So uh, two shows on Friday uh, in Denver. First show, I think, is almost sold out. Second show is also almost sold out. There's more tickets available for the second show. All right. See you guys soon. Thanks, everybody. And bye-bye.